You know, I'm glad we changed tonight's topic. <laughs> I uh, I was going through earlier doing my uh, research, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The topic we had picked is decent enough, I suppose, mm-hmm. but meh, I'm 36 years old. It doesn't really affect me. <laughs> it may affect my children, though, but mm-hmm. we'll push it out to another day. Sure. Definitely anticipating next week's now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we already know how these topics roll, so let's, let's cut the chit-chat. Let me go ahead and get it uh, well actually out of the way. Uh, last week, shit, I actually meant to pull that up on Facebook, but uh, last week I said that there was a there was a level in Super Mario Galaxy that was a callback to the Super Mario 64 uh, level. Well, actually, that's Super Mario Galaxy 2, and it's called Throwback Galaxy. It's actually very, very cool how it's done, The uh, from the visuals to the music. I generally got a big cheer, just a big fucking bundle of awesome joy when I when I came across that level. It's probably I find it hard in my life to do, to pick which of those two that I like more. I've hundred percent at both of them. Not saying that for bragging, just that I've been through every piece of content in both of the galaxies, and I do not like the motion control shit they threw in in Galaxy Two, but that. Galaxy alone kind of made it, kind of put it back up there. I enjoy them both. But that's our well, actually, unless you had one. Uh, no. Oh, wait, um, you know what? I, I sorted it, just so you don't feel bad and you're out, you're the only one. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I had mentioned, you know, when I was talking about watching uh, Luke Cage season one, I think at one point I said there were like 20 episodes, but there were only 13. Mm-hmm. So I got it mixed up with a different series. Yep. We would offer our apologies, but I mean, there's so many perfect episodes we've already given our audience. You know, we're, we're I think we're just doing our due diligence by making sure that the information is correct. So um, it's more like you're welcome, but uh, that's that's all the corrections we got for this week. If we've <laughs> missed some, please please let us know because I'm I'm sure there's more than that. Uh, any quick news before we roll into weeks? Yeah, actually. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but I'm starting to see E3 articles. That's coming yep, up yep. next month. Yep. Um, and for those <clears throat> curious, we will have an E3 episode or two, depending on how much shit there is. Yeah, there's so many different things now. Yeah. Um, I don't really want to talk about it because I don't know what how much validity, validity it has. Mm-hmm. But there's apparently some sort of leak prior to E3 from a Walmart... Uh, a Canadian Walmart website that put up all their stuff early and then it was brought down. I'm not sure if mm-hmm. it's true or not. I've seen the screenshot. It could be. Maybe not. Who knows? So what? What? what is it? <laughs> um, well, it's basically, you know, the uh, like the big pre-order screen when you go to one of those shopping uh. websites like that. And okay, it was just yeah. like 50 games listed. Oh, wow. Um, some of them DLC. There was like a Destiny DLC on there, which I'll talk about. You know, Destiny's DLC just came out uh, this week, yeah, which I completely yeah. forgot about, but it came out Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
uh, on going back to leak, there was like the next Gears of War. There was a what was it? That it was pretty like, much a sequel for every game series out there. You know, that's, the new that's, Assassin's that's Creed, etc. That's yeah. We'll save the rest for the three. <laughs> yeah, I lo- I love surprises. Yeah, this is and th- that's why I was like, I don't really. I just want to throw it that it's out there, but yeah, um, there's a lot of meta detective work that people can do, especially the 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 more like the the more popular and well paid uh like YouTube channels. Mm-hmm. There's like just fucking scouring for for uh, SKU data and shit like that, looking yeah. at barcodes and whatnot. I I like my surprises as they come. Mm-hmm. I would love to see something from. I mean, I I have a list of things that I'd like to see. I haven't wrote it down, but I would love to see some more on the next Metroid Prime that's supposed to be coming out this year. And that was on I'd the like screenshot. See, <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see something more than the eight second trailer we got for whatever the fuck from software is doing. I love anything. I'll take a minute trailer or just a fucking title or. <laughs> something yeah i mean come on there's dark soul there's demon souls 2 and bloodborne 2 that everybody wants and there's no telling what this is supposedly it's a whole it's a it's a new ip don't know we'll find out hopefully we'll find out something at e3 yeah but yeah there there of course there are plans we're gonna do an episode it just depends on where e3 rolls in the week like if e3 rolls out say sunday monday tuesday by thursday when we record, we'll definitely have all the material. But if it's like a Monday, if it's like a Wednesday and a Thursday, we it's going to be split up twice. We may no. push it a week. We'll see. We'll Unless see. it's a blockbuster and we just need two episodes to cover everything. Yeah, that too could be. Could be. Um, um go ahead. The only other thing news related, uh, also related, to Destiny Two actually, and I knew about this before the DLC, the uh, Destiny Two's in the humble bundle this month. Oh, wow! Wow! It's one of there have been AAA games in the past in it, yeah. But it's pretty strange to see Destiny Two in there. I think that's a sign of how not well the game is going. Yeah, that they're trying to get people in on the PC version, and because uh, it doesn't come with DLC, mm-hmm. so if they get enough people hooked and they buy DLC, it kind of you know makes up for um, losing out on some money with the bundle. Yeah, it blew my mind last month when uh, PlayStation Plus owners could get fucking the new Ratchet and Clank and Bloodborne at the same go. I was mm-hmm. like, Jesus. Wow. What a fucking... <laughs> here's free console seller right here, folks. Have it. It's yours. Yeah. It's Troy, I guess. I can't think of anything news specific I had in mind. of. Again, usually by the time that we record, I've already listened to like four different podcasts <laughs> and I've heard some things here and there. I, I kind of don't want to pull topics from everybody else. I feel like I'm regurgitating their shit. If something came around that really caught my ear, I would have, I'd pass it along and just say my thoughts on it. But unfortunately, aside from the E3 hype that's slowly building, I didn't really, I didn't really hear much. Uh, there was some small thing about Nintendo being sued for their fucking Switch possibly having a copyright issue, and that that lawsuit got pulled back. They were like, yeah, we don't want to do that. Hmm. But, yeah, nothing big newsworthy. All right, so last week, I think I started off. I'll let you start off this week. And, yeah, we're just going to go through go through your shit, and then we'll both talk our D&D, and I'll, I'll end it off with mine, and we're going to get into today's topic. Right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. It's been a week, Chris, haven't it? It has. Um, 
<clears throat> you know, as my week went on, I was thinking, man, I'm not going to have a whole lot to talk about um, because I've had so much going on. I, uh, Like I mentioned last week, I've been fairly busy with work. Um, and I actually started a side thing that's going to take me, uh, uh, two or three weeks to complete. So mm-hmm. that's taking up, you know, my after work time, mm-hmm. but I have a decent list, I think. Um, let's see. I'll talk about games first because that's not as long. I spent like a whopping 30 minutes, um, the other night trying out, uh, galaxy of pen and paper. Mm-hmm. Um, which I di- haven't finished, you know, the uh, other game, which I already went blank on. It's like Knights of Pen and Paper uh, 2. Something like that. Wow, that's so, been like three weeks since I played it. Yeah, Knights of Pen and Paper, pen and paper. Uh, 2. Um, <clears throat> but Galaxy Pen and Paper is the next one in that series of games by that developer. And like I said, I spent only like 30 minutes on it. I, uh, I, it's a combination of the, I'm kind of burned out on that type of game right now. Yeah. Cause I went through those two back to back and I'm not, like I said, I'm not done with two, but I'm right there, I think. Um, or I beat it, but I have a hundred percent of whatever, something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an okay game. There's a lot of different mechanics. This one is a space based game. So. And so just walking around the map, you now have a galaxy map, so to speak, um, Mm -hmm. where you have these planets and ships and asteroids and stuff you can go to. And then on the planets, you actually have a planet map, too, which isn't where near as big as the map from the other games are, you know, per planet, which makes sense. But they still have a respectable amount of locations. Um, It's there's something about it that just felt weird when I started playing. Um, because normally in a RPG type game, you follow the missions, you can typically progress them in this type of game without ever doing anything on the side, or you'll have clear side stuff on the way that levels you. Mm-hmm. This one, I felt like I had to go out of my way and create battles to fight to get a little bit more experience because this boss just murdered me. Yeah. Um, I beat that boss and then I moved on and... Um, that's about the time I quit, but one mechanic I really like is they're actually ship-to-ship battles. Um, it's not complicated. You basically just taste turn-based ship combat. Um, mm. but And it's based on like a action point system. So you can choose to heal or <clears throat> shoot, and every action you take increases the cost of the next action. Um, and your points carry over up to a certain amount. And at the beginning of each of your turns, you roll a die to get a random amount of points back. Um, So you have to kind of either hope you get good rolls or save your points to uh, make your, you know, to be effective in combat. Yeah. yeah. And and I enjoyed that system. But like I said, I'm just kind of burned out on that type of game right now, so... And that'll uh, happen, man. Yeah. If you play, man, if, if if I play like three RPGs, and they don't even have, they don't even have to be hundreds of hours of RPGs. If I play like three RPGs back to back, I may roll into a fourth, and I'm like, ah, I, I'm kind of good for a while. I need another genre. Like, yeah. <laughs> just I'm probably passing up a ten out of ten game, but I'll come back to you. I just, mm-hmm. I, I'm good. <laughs> so I only got one night with this. 
But I ended up finally starting because I went on my uh, Xbox and I started installing something. Don't even remember what it was now. Not relevant. Nice. I didn't touch it. Um, but I was like, hmm, I already have this installed. I haven't touched it. I need to. And that game is Lost Odyssey. Oh, wow. A throwback. Yeah. Nice. Because it was available. It's the 360 backwards compatible thing I got with Games of Gold at one point. So you've already played this? No. No, no, no I mean, since you've, you've, right now you've played it. Oh, yeah. I got one night's worth to play in it. Okay. Um, I, need to know, I need to know right off the bat. Mm-hmm. How about that intro? Yeah, good. Yeah, um, fucking great. <laughs> it's it's very interesting because it's it um it, it leaves you very curious yeah. about what is going on because um, they just throw you straight into it, mm-hmm. and literally the cutscene rolls into RPG menu pops up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Um, the, I'm trying to think, I think I have roughly three hours or so of play. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've encountered now, I think three dreams Mm -hmm. and man, those are good. Yes, they are. Um, they are very well written. Yes. Um, And they get better and more and numerous. Yeah. There, there are two good traits about this game that I, that I, I've only played through the game once. Uh, I think I did everything that I could do or wanted to do, but I remember there being two big takeaways from this game. One, just as you're talking about, the dreams for those that don't know in the audience that haven't played this game, they're basically text memoirs of your main character. I'm not going to tell you why they're there, because that may spoil something in the beginning of the game, but. It's basically diaries and journals and memories of stuff that's happened in his life. And they are so well written, like so detailed. And the more you get of them, the more you the more you get of his life is is so fleshed out and so well done. Mm -hmm. I I, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to say why you have to you have you, you get to read a shit ton about this character. And other characters too, uh, but the main reason why I bring this up as a talking point, period, is because it is text heavy. It is you get several of these in the game, mm-hmm. and there are pages upon pages of reading text, and you're immediately when I see that or hear that, I'm like, oh, come on, man, I'm used to fucking Mass Effect by now, or <laughs> uh, hell, even Persona Per Five, where it's pseudo talking. I mean, like I can't just read walls of text. Read these walls of text. Trust me, they are fucking great. And they do a great job of fleshing out that character all the way through the game. So many good stories. Second, this game came out in 2007. This game is over a decade old. Yeah. And uh, it, 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 from what I, I think I watched uh, a couple videos. I, I go back and watch the Kime the video all the time, the intro video all the time. One of the things that I loved about this that I had never seen up until this point, up until this video, 
the biggest complaint, uh, spoiler warning for Final Fantasy VII, I guess, if you are listening to this podcast and you've not played Final Fantasy VII, I would question your age and I would genuinely question your taste in video games. Not an offensive way. But in Final Fantasy VII, the big fucking spoiler, the biggest thing in the world, Ares dies. Oh shit. Well, that fucking sucks, but you're playing RPG. Why doesn't they why don't they just fucking use revive or life or a fucking Phoenix Down or something? It's common in video games. It's it's a big trope. Like if it's cutscenes, you can't they're not gonna use the shit they can use. Lost Odyssey does. In the very beginning of the game, they do mm-hmm. it. There is an epic battle going on on field with two giant opposing armies and both sides are getting cut down left and right and out of nowhere they start getting revived on the field they show like magicians up in these like clerical crystal like towers like chanting and just just humming out fucking revive spells all across the battlefield and reviving their teammates that's awesome I, to, to to the point of playing that game, had never seen that either in, well, mainly in, in gameplay cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Definitely a good game. I'm, uh, I'm, you should, you should enjoy it. I would just, I'm going to say you're going to enjoy it. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to continuing with it. Um, the only reason I haven't yet was because of the Destiny 2 DLC. Um, it surprised me on Tuesday. I saw someone, uh, it said they were streaming it, but they're actually streaming Destiny 1 while they waited on the servers to come up. Mm. But I was like, oh, that's the thing. I was like, I wonder how much it is. I went and looked and I was like, oh, right. I have the thing that gives me all the DLC. I have the season pass. <laughs> um, so I started downloading that. Um, it was during the day I was working anyway, so I couldn't play it, but I had that yeah. downloading. And so when I got done with work and <clears throat> my side stuff, I was like, all right. I'm going to check this out. Um, I've put roughly six hours into it now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I finished the uh, the missions associated with the DLC. Um, and this DLC raised the level cap to 30 and the power or light level cap to 385. Mm-hmm. Um, it was three fifth. No, it was three, three thirty. I don't know. It, it was quite a bit lower. Um, right now I'm up to three forty five. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a ways to go, but it's as far as the grind goes, it's pretty much identical to previous uh, release and DLC. You uh, have your weekly milestones to complete, and those give you your upgrades, and then you're done until the next week, essentially. Yeah. Um, this did bring a bunch of changes, a bunch of patches, and one thing that I'm not sure exactly how it worked before because I haven't really cared at this point but I believe it was you could only get raid rewards once per week. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's once per type of character or class of character. Mm-hmm. Um, because in Destiny 1, what people would do would they'd have three Titans. And they would, you know, play on their first Titan, transfer all the gear over, play on their second Titan, transfer it to a third. And they only had to worry about one set of gear for three characters. 
And that got them three attempts at all the loot every week. Mm-hmm. Um, when Destiny 2 rolled around, they disabled that. You can't even use the armor from a different class on a, on your class. Like, I'm a hunter. I can't use Titan armor except for my Titan. Even if it's the same type, if it's a helmet, doesn't matter. So they really restricted that capability. Um, but now it's set to where you can get raid rewards um, three times a week by using different classes. Um, but again, it only impacts that class. Uh, okay. So so it doesn't punish those that are playing different classes, yeah. it, but it keeps the punishment for those that are trying to play three of the same class, which mm. I'm okay with. Yeah. Um, I have one of each character, but I didn't even max out my other two. Um, I haven't actually been max light since uh, Destiny 2 came out at this point. Uh, I kind of stopped playing it for a while. I just got bored with it. Um, doing the weeklies was not great. And I think what really killed it for me was I just had no desire to do the raid. Yeah. Um, now that I'm higher light, I might go back and do the raid just because I'm obviously stronger than I need to be for it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so that'll help me with dealing with groups and stuff. Um, cause I've had, I've had really good luck with groups overall, but I've also had pretty bad luck in some of them. Yeah. It's like when they're bad, they're bad. Um, mm. all the rest are, you know, average to good, but when they're bad, they're really bad. And that just kind of killed it for me. I just, the raid wasn't worth going through that trouble. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel like, it didn't feel like it was worth it. Um, most destiny one raids, I won't say most, I'll say the second half of the destiny one raids, I was okay with it. I'd put up with the groups and I dealt with it because I wanted to complete the raid. Um, Overall, I enjoyed the raid to the point where I just wanted to play it, and I'd help players out if they weren't as good. I didn't mind. It's just, um, you know, part of the process. Yeah. Uh, but in Destiny 2, the first raid, haven't had any desire. The other thing they added, I can't even remember what it's called anymore, but it's not a raid. It's something similar to a raid. It's associated with a raid. Mm-hmm. But it's a group thing. Also needing six, so that's also part of what kills it for me. Yeah. Um, but I didn't even touch that. Like I said, I don't even know what it's called anymore because I never... I haven't even watched a video of how it works. Um, but I haven't confirmed this, but I'm expecting that the raid will be released on Tuesday. Um, it's normally a week after the game or DLC or whatever comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, they give people a week to just focus on mission and level up and everything. And then Tuesday, everybody gets to go at the raid at once. Yeah. Um, I may try it. We'll see how interesting it is. I may or may not finish it. Um, that'll just depend. Um, as far as the missions go for the DLC, the story's interesting. Um, there are new mechanics that are interesting. Um, and overall, playing through the mission, there are some actual difficult parts, too. Um, and I'm at the, or I was at the, you know, recommended level for it the whole way through. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just a little bit slightly harder. Not really in a bad way. Um, <laughs> the final boss of the DLC missions, 
has I'm trying to think of how to put this. It has a move that will insta-kill you, but mm. you should never get hit by it. Yeah. Me being the idiot I am, I got killed by it twice, back-to-back. <laughs> and fortunately, the fight does actually have checkpoints in it. It doesn't let you know when that checkpoint is. So mm. the f- first several times I died, once of those was to the stupid thing. Um, I restarted with the boss at like a fifth of its health gone. And the second checkpoint was when it had like a third left or something. Very random, weird numbers uh, hmm. as far as health goes. Because um, I was like, okay, when I get it, you know, maybe it's every quarter. It'll checkpoint. I had it down to like half and then died and was back up to, you know, only a fifth missing. So that sucked. Um, but I got through it. And like I said, story's good. Um, I'm curious to see how it'll tie into the raid. Um, we'll see. It, I will say it is good to be back playing Destiny. Um, even though the game can get me hooked and it, uh, and, you know, let me figure out what I was trying to say there. Even though it can't <laughs> keep me, yeah, hooked and I get tired of the repetitiveness, um, when something new comes out, I love it. It is Come still back, such a, a solid game. Yeah. yeah. It's a solid game. Playing it feels good. It's, I think it's one of the best feeling shooters out there. Um, and, and it's hard to describe, too, why it's better feeling. It just feels smoother and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm going to keep playing it. I run into that when I tell people that uh, even though I haven't played it in God knows over a decade, I still have this fond, special place in my heart for Final Fantasy XI. Like, are you kidding me? It's so old, and 14's mm-hmm. been out, and World of Warcraft is so much better, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but it's it's just hard to explain. There, I don't even know what life moments were going on. Maybe it's just the fact that it was my genuine first, like, actual MMO, not counting uh, Fantasy Star Online. Uh, the music I love. I loved walking around the first beginning areas. I only played that game for a total of, like, six or seven months of my life. I played Final Fantasy 14 for like two years, but for 11 always just has this, I don't know, this fucking very home at home, good heart feeling. Yeah. Just hard to explain. Yeah. Um, so that's it for me for games. Uh, the rest of my stuff is all stuff I've watched. Okay. Um, all MCU related. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This um, is good. This is good. Yep. So I finished off Luke Cage season one, um, which, like I said earlier, I thought there were like 27 episodes because when we started recording last week's episode, I had paused like episode 11. There are only mm-hmm. 13. Oh, wow. So I was right there at the end of it. Um, Luke Cage, <clears throat> it, it's it, it gives me mixed feelings. I like it more than I did Jessica Jones. Um, as I've said, I think last week, the story overall, I like more. Um, it's a solid story and his character is more enjoyable to watch, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is really more apparent in something I'll talk about in a minute that I watched, but I enjoyed it. it it's a pretty solid show. 
and it's certainly better than the next one I watched, which was Iron Fist Season 1. Um, Again, I've only heard nothing but pretty much bad things about this. I think the best way to put Iron Fist is that it was a good idea that wasn't executed properly. Gotcha. The overall story, I get it. It makes sense. The fight scenes were pretty good. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't really have any issues there, I think. Um, I don't recall any that jumped out at me. Which says a lot for the character, because I think... I'd have to to fact check me, please, dude. Mm -hmm. But I think there was something about he the the character never actually did martial arts in real life and he had like a month or two to learn what he needed to and apparently iron fist is a like the martial arts guy in the comics yeah. so yeah he's a martial yeah. arts guy uh he's a guy raised by monks um his iron fist is literally his fist glows like yellow mm. and it you know breaks things and things break on it you know he shatters swords and stuff like that with his fist once it's glowing um using his chi um so the premise is good i really i'm okay with that it just some of the it felt awkward a lot of times Mm -hmm. and part of that i think had to do with the characters um Later on, as more characters get involved, I think it gets better, which has kind of been a running thing with these uh, Netflix series MCU shows. Mm -hmm. Um, They start off slower, you get introduced to characters, and then things pick up, which makes sense. It's to be expected. You know, you can't just drop everybody in at once uh, most of the time and have it work very well. Um, I... It's hard to say if I would prefer that over Jessica Jones or not. Um, I think I would probably go with Iron Fist just because of the story aspect of it. I enjoyed more, um, even if it was, you know, slightly uh, or it wasn't executed as well as it could be. Yeah. And it was had that bit, that bit of awkwardness to it. Um, so after that, I had finally watched all of the series that would allow me to watch The Defenders. Okay. So the premise of The Defenders is it's Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Daredevil as a group working together. Um, Mm -hmm. They don't just drop them in, you know, hey, we're all going to be buddy-buddy and fight crime or whatever. They actually work through in the first episode, and I think partly into the second episode, where they actually show, they, all right, starts off focusing on Luke Cage. Some stuff happens. They switch a different character, and eventually these things overlap so that they meet each other, mm-hmm. and some greetings are better than others. Um, characters, those main four characters don't know each other, but they have mutual friends or mutual acquaintances. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, I know him. Yeah, I know him too. Um, Both of you trust me, so you should trust each other. You know, we're all on the same side type thing. Yeah. Um, So it's a really neat dynamic, and it works well with what they did. 
Um, it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel, you know, awkward when it shouldn't be. <laughs> I won't say it wasn't <laughs> awkward at all because, of course, there are some awkward moments in there, but that's, you know, yeah, that's how it yeah. goes. Um, the, the plot of it tied up a lot of things that were kind of left open from the other individual series, which was good. Um, and it wasn't that the series just didn't explain it or it was like, Oh, I wonder what happened there. You know, something like that. The, uh, there were just things like, Oh, that makes sense. That goes well. You know, that explains that. Um, not that it was a question I had, but now I know. Yeah. Nice little addition. Yeah. Um, I don't think I really have any issues with it. Um, it was fairly solid, all things considered. Um, Jessica Jones, kind of the uh, weak link, so to speak. Because um, you've got Luke Cage, who is, you know, quote-unquote unbreakable. Uh, he's bulletproof and uh, takes a ton of stuff to damage him, you know. Um, you've got Daredevil, who is an all-around you know, uh, badass and, uh, iron fist who, like I said, he can literally break, you know, swords and stuff where Jessica Jones, she basically has super strength and that's it. She has no extra durability. Um, she gets stabbed, shot, etc. She's, you know, borderline worthless. Um, so she didn't really, fit in as well um because she's not trained at all in any sort of fighting so when she gets involved in something it's just street bra she just and it it doesn't fit well i think if she'd had any sort of training to take advantage of her powers that would make her a better character but it makes sense that she doesn't with her backstory um, yeah, it would, unless they you know completely rewrote her backstory in some way, it would feel forced at that point. Um, it would. Again, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say without having any comic knowledge again, and just gleaming what I can from websites and YouTube videos and whatnot. The the biggest draw that I ever got to Jessica Jones was, um, her story arc with the Purple Man. Mm-hmm. That's that's really the basics of where it stopped, where it started and stopped for me. I've never read them. I haven't followed through all the way with it. I've got the largest gist of what happened, and some pretty bad shit went down. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I, I mean, she's a gruff woman who can who who fights kind of okay. That's about the best I got from her. Yeah. Her big thing is she's a PI, the private investigator. And she is very, very good at it. So that's kind of that's kind of her skill she brings to the table, <laughs> other than her strength, which she can't use super effectively. Um, overall, solid. I'll give it a pass. Um, a pass isn't a good pass, as in passing a test. Not as in I won't watch it. I wouldn't watch it. This guy got it. Yeah. Um, next is actually a movie, and it is Thor Ragnarok. 
Oh, yeah. Now, what's your opinion of this movie? Oh, man, give it mine first. Well, um, I want to see how bad I'm going to upset you. I mean, man, everybody has their own opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Um, You start talking shit about Jurassic Park, then we got problems. But, so, coming from Thor 1, which, for whatever reason, I not hated but kind of sort of disliked Thor 1 the more that I watched it. Uh, Thor 2, again, with the huge upset at the beginning where it's like, oh, epic battle's about to go down, wham, bam, done. That's really about it. I actually kind of liked the villain of Malekek. Don't I don't fucking know. He's a dark character. I thought it was cool. But the movie, again, as a whole, was kind of a letdown. 1 and 2 both were kind of like, meh, okay. Thor Ragnarok came along, and it's got some humor issues, I'll give you that, but it's got a lot of good humor, and it has enough action where I care. I really like the villain. Uh, The side antics here and there, I can see where they were really trying for the humor, but I I saw this with my wife, and again, coming from Thor 1 and Thor 2, oh yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Gave it a solid rating. I think it was a four. Or I think it was a four. I gave it. Yeah, I'm in, gonna, in a nutshell. There you go. I'm gonna throw out there that I think this is my least favorite Thor movie. Wow! And That's it crazy. is. It is possibly my least favorite MCU movie. Jesus! Um, I'd have to go back and think about it a little bit more, but as of right now, the just okay. Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok is this epic event in mythology. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It, it played essentially no part in the movie. Right. <laughs> uh, at the end of it, I was like, oh, well, why'd they call it Thor Ragnarok and not Thor almost Ragnarok or Thor, you know, Ragnarok may be involved somehow. Um. So that epicness was lost. Um, as you mentioned, the comedy the comedy was funny. It was not bad comedy. It was misplaced comedy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of the... I, I'm going to go out here and say all because I'm pretty sure every one of them has had some... has had several comedic moments. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hilarious, especially like where the Hulk's involved and stuff like that. Um, and Ragnarok, probably the best comedic moment was Loki's, ha, that's how it feels thing. Yeah. That was hilarious. (laughs) Um, by the way, uh, just in case, spoiler warning for Thor Ragnarok, go on. Yeah. I was trying to be very vague and not give any spoilers. Um, fuck that spoilers. Thor dies. Ha ha. Yeah. Take that. (laughs) Take that. I already said spoilers, so not my fault. It ain't my fault. Uh, but yeah, so there was too much comedy. It was too, it was basically the definition of try hard. Um, yeah, and I felt that, that like there was w- there was one particular point where I thought, okay, you okay, you guys really like you're really running this joke into the ground. It was mm-hmm. kind of funny the first time, but where like the third or fourth time was when Thor kept trying to calm Banner down. He's like, hey, hey, sun's getting low. Hey, hey, sun's getting low. And he's like, would you stop that? I was like, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you actually said out loud, 
because it was not, I, just, I don't know, it just it was too much. It's like you, you kept running that joke way too far. You know, I didn't even see that as a joke. I thought he was legitimately trying to do that. And the first time he did it, I was like, this is awesome. He was, but that it's not, he's not the one that can do that. He doesn't have like the, the thing that she does. Right. But it was still, it was it still was that cute. feel good mo- moment. Yeah. 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 Um, but it just, the main villain got almost no time. But the time she got, though. The time she got was great, but there wasn't enough of it. Yeah. It didn't feel like, okay, this is the escalation of things, you know, leading to the climax. It's just like, all right, here's a little bit. Okay, we're done. Yeah, it was cool. I felt like this movie was the, it was a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy was bleeding over. You know, but not uh, in a good way, <laughs> right? Well, I mean, to each their own. But mm-hmm. uh, Taika Waititi, the uh, the the writer, producer, director, one of those, the, one of the head honchos of this, uh, he's had a lot of great, hilarious movies. Uh, if you haven't seen, um, oh shit, something about the vampires, what we do in the shadows, I think is what it's called. Yeah, what we do in shadows, something like that. Anyway, I I think that it, with with him coming in out of the out of nowhere and directing this movie, uh, he didn't really he may have not have known what to go for, and he just struck comedy as the as the go to. And coming off of if for for those that have seen Guardians one and two, it's like oh yeah, well comedy hits, comedy mm-hmm. hits really well, and I feel like he strung that into a. I'm just going to make Thor Ragnarok a feel-good fucking movie. I want people to laugh and have a jolly good time, and I'm not going to be too dark and too brooding, and it's not going to be too... It's, it's not fucking Infinity War. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> um, if you're looking for a good, a feel-good, smiling, ha that was good, Thor movie, you got it with this. That's 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 what I took from it. Just forget that Ragnarok's in the, Ragnarok is in the name. Well, um, <laughs> I thought I thought the idea was that she wanted to bring Ragnarok around, yes. and Thor did not want that because mm-hmm. that's bad. So, I mean, yeah, I can yeah, I can but... get it that Ragnarok's not there, and it's that's that's not the movie. But the point was they didn't want Ragnarok; they stopped Ragnarok. Right, and and that's that part's fine. It's yeah. the way it ended. Um, was kind of the icing on the cake of, you know, disappointment. It's like, yeah, eh. so I, you're going to do that, but. And it okay. was, it is, it is uh, what we do in the shadows is the movie I was saying earlier. Had to, mm-hmm. go, had to go get the title straight. Very good, uh, hilarious vampire movie. Anyway, the letdown for me at the end of Thor Ragnarok was this is, this is how fucking petty fucking childish I am about the MCU now. You had the Hulk there, and again, the Hulk being what the Hulk is, and I'm trying, I'm trying to see where they're gearing Hulk to go, but the Hulk is, he fucking shot himself, and the minute that the bullet hit his skin, he turned into the Hulk. Mm-hmm. He has ripped, like, he's, he's picked up mountains, he's ripped planets apart, Matt's probably a lot, he's done some powerful shit. 
when you see him on screen, he is supposed to be fucking intimidating and nigh unstoppable. The more you try to stop him, the more powerful he gets to counteract you. Right. At the end of Thor Ragnarok, he fights a fucking wolf. And he basically, like, lays him out and boom, done. I'm like, man, okay, exactly how powerful is this wolf supposed to be? And how long is this fight going to last? And it's like fucking like 40 seconds. No fight done. I'm like, that's not how you utilize the Hulk. That's not, you're not conveying anything with him. I understand that there's, there's such, it's a, it's a duplicitous edge that they have to walk with the Hulk because they have this basic fucking, he's basically an end game. No matter what they do, they can literally throw the Hulk at it, and the Hulk mm-hmm. will just get pissed off enough to. So they have to write him down. They have to play him down. Yeah. You know, I get that. But when you have a movie like this, and I mean, it was cool seeing Thor and the Hulk fight. That was a pretty good fight. Mm-hmm. But when he shows up, it's like, oh fuck yeah, shit's about to go down, and then he fights a big wolf. And I, I wasn't. Like, I wasn't a fan of Hulk having so much dialogue in this movie. I yeah. I don't feel that li- now, especially the way it was geared toward you know. Yes, the the way he was played. Yeah, the he's not a baby, damn it. <laughs> no, he's not. But um, he, I don't feel like in the movies they had built up to that level of speech. Um. Because Mulk, Mulk, Hulk is, you know, considered pretty single-minded. Um, Hulk smash, you know. Um, and sure, over time, that changes. Um, you know, as Banner gets more and more control over Hulk. But that's, they're not at that point. That just kind of uh, felt odd. Yeah. To hear Hulk talk fairly clearly out of nowhere. We'll see. We'll see how they play him further on. You'll you'll definitely get some more of him when you see Infinity War. Maybe mm-hmm. you'll get some maybe you'll get some of what you're looking for. I know okay. that I've from what I've seen so far, I I hope like I I understand while neither condoning nor condemning, I understand why they do what they do with the Hulk. Because mm-hmm. they literally play him out the way he's supposed to be. Aside from some, I don't know, intergalactic intervention. I mean, it's really hard to stop the Hulk. You just throw power at power and power at him, And he just gets stronger. And he's like, no, you're not going to stop me. I'm going to stop you. So, we'll see. Uh, but all in all, again, just in my opinion, I I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I left I left happy with it. Uh, the, another thing that I took away from that movie, there were a lot of hey, pause this screen and take a screenshot. There were a lot of fucking scenes in that movie that were wow, that's fucking cinematic as fuck. So yeah, it was a good looking movie. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any issues as far as that went, you know, production itself. I just, like I said, the comedy got to me too much. I can see it. I can see it. I could, I could see even when I was watching, I'm like, I can see how people meant. There's some people that might not like this, but 
So after I finished watching that, I was going to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 5, which is the current season, um, but it is not actually finished yet and is not on Netflix yet. Um, so, which I thought Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was a Netflix show. It apparently is not. Um, it just goes on there, you know, afterwards, yeah. after they actually do the full season. Um, hopefully I don't have to wait long, but I don't really feel like paying that much for a season yeah. of it because it's new, so it's not cheap. Uh, so instead, I went and watched the series that, you know, really started this whole set of binge watching, um, The Punisher. Oh, yeah. So, the Punisher is a pretty awesome character, <laughs> you know, in the comics, in the movie, and in the series, um, yeah. and his uh, appearance in Daredevil. Um, I will say, real quick, going back to the Defenders, at the end of it, I realized that the Punisher never showed up, and I felt that was a little bit of a disappointment. Um. Because the way Daredevil ended off, him being around wouldn't have been unheard of. It would have made a little bit of sense in certain moments if he was involved. And I felt like they didn't take advantage of that when they should have. Do you think maybe they'll do it later down the road? Um, I can see him. Well, let me think. I'm trying to think of how Daredevil actually ended, I mean, not Daredevil, but uh, Punisher ended as far as the season goes. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting if he does. Um, they're, they're doing weird things with the character. Um, mm -hmm. He's going through what I'll call phases mm -hmm. um, and trying to reconcile his past, you know, the traumatic events that have happened. He's dealing with all these things. And... I was curious what the Punisher series was going to be out at all about at all because Daredevil wrapped up his stuff pretty well. Um, and But when it starts, it's like, oh, it's not resolved after all. Turns out there's this thing, you know, he didn't know about. So now he's like, all right, I'm going to suit up and go deal with this now. Um, but at the end of season one... That's wrapped up. So unless they pull something else out, which at this point would be ridiculous, um, it made sense what they did. But at this point, as far as I can tell, and as far as my line of thinking goes, I think his past, as far as what they've covered already, is resolved. Okay. I don't think any of the stuff they've presented up to this point is unresolved. The only thing they could probably go off of would be more stuff that happened while he was in the military. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That would be stuff they could build off of, um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure where they'd go with it. So I'm not sure if there's a season two planned. I'm not sure what it'll be based around. Um, but season one, overall solid. Um, it was a lot of wondering why they kept talking about this character or these characters that weren't they're not the punisher they weren't mm -hmm. his targets you know so why do they keep going back and forth between these guys and it 
resolves okay. Um, I say okay, it resolves fine. Um, I don't really have anything negative about how it resolved. Uh, so it certainly leaves you hanging and feels strange at times, but it ends up making sense later. And I think they could have done that a little differently so that you actually understood, you know, the character didn't know, but you as a viewer would know, okay, this is why we're seeing him now or something or so much. You know, the first time it's like, okay, it's a casual character. You don't even know if they're going to be there later in the show or not. You know, it's like, hey, this guy, Bob, he's doing this thing. Okay. May or may not be relevant. Doesn't jump out and go, hey, I'm Bob and I'm going to be involved in the rest of the series, you know, type thing. He may be a throwaway character, may not be. Um, so that could have done a little bit better. Uh, but overall, the the plot of it overall was good. Um, the story was good. The Near the end, there were parts that felt like they were dragging out. And I don't want to say repetitive. I don't think that's accurate. But they just felt like, are we done yet? Why are we still doing this? You know? Yeah. Um, this should be resolved by now. What's going on? Um, the way it wraps up, solid. Um, like I said, I think they resolved everything. I didn't see any holes. And, you know, the ending sequence didn't hint at anything related to another series or another uh, season, rather. So that's why I'm very curious what they'll do if they do a season two of Punisher. Yeah. Um, it would be cool to see more of a uh, dynamic between him and Daredevil, but that's like oil and water. <laughs> they do not mix well. Um, yeah. But it made for a good story, though, in Daredevil, their interactions, um, because you have Daredevil who doesn't kill, and you have the Punisher who does nothing but kill, essentially. Um, so them two, even though they're on the same side, them working together is... You know, one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, which also, I'm trying to think, it comes into play in Daredevil with another character in the Defenders because of the link to Daredevil mostly. Because um, Daredevil is very adamant about if you're working with him, nobody dies. You know, the moment you violate that, the deal's gone off, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But I hope they do more Punisher, and I hope they do it well. Cool. And that's it for my watching. After that point, um, I actually finished all that last week. I think over the weekend, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm done for now. I was looking <laughs> on there. I was like, I could, what could I watch? I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go watch some videos. You know, mm-hmm. I'm uh, watching Twitch streams because I haven't been watching many streams on Twitch at all. I've been watching, you know, Netflix instead. So I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to spend some time on Twitch. That's what I've been doing this week, watching various streams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I did get caught up on Critical Role. Um, I say caught up, but I watched the episode for the week, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's still good. Um, I'm still you know, debating on whether or not I want to stop watching and let them build up or not. Um, but for now I'll probably keep watching just because I like getting a little bit of inspiration 
you know, for our campaign. Yeah, um, yeah. I did watch the premiere episode of another D&D series um, over on ItMeJP's channel, which I've talked about him before, um, having the whole role play series. I say series, but it's several series under the family of role play. Um, starting back to what was the original role play didn't even have a subtitle, but is now known as a uh, role play, uh, solemn, I think, um, was mm-hmm. the first one. Um, they've had several, I think right now he has four shows going on three or four different mm-hmm, shows mm-hmm. going under the role play thing on his channel. Um, he's not even in this one. Uh, JP isn't, um, he's just the host, uh, slash producer. Uh, he's not the host. He's the producer because he's, you don't hear him, you don't see him, uh, other than his snarky comments in the Roll20 chat every now and then about people's poor roles, yeah, uh, yeah. which is amusing. Um, it, the, the, it's like Far, Far Valona, which I am assuming is the name of a ship, is what it sounds like. Um, they didn't really cover that in the first episode, uh, but it's a, it's not a D&D game. It's a tabletop game, but it's uh, a different system. I don't even know what it's called because I never played it. Um, it's in the same universe as their previous role play, uh, Swan Song, which Swan Song is the name of the ship that was involved in that one that they traveled around on. Um, so it's a spacefaring, um, planet to planet type tabletop game. Um, and. It seems pretty good uh, so far. It is a kind of a learning experience going from D&D, you know, to a different system. But enough of it is similar that it wasn't outrageous. The biggest thing, I think, was instead of rolling D20, I believe the rolls are 2D6. Um, So you have... You know, your your maximum roll isn't as high, but your minimum roll, there's not as many degrees of failure, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was, I didn't have any issues as from a, you know, mechanics perspective when I watched it. <clears throat> and the players are pretty good. Um, they do voices. Um, most of them do. I think one of them is just using his normal voice because he's, you know, British, so he doesn't need to. Right. Uh, but overall solid. The story solid so far. Um, the They left off on a very interesting cliffhanger. You know, it's the D&D way, the tabletop way. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, I recommend that to someone who's looking into a series that they don't want to have to worry about the backstory or get caught up on. There's literally one episode to watch. Yeah. And until I believe next Wednesday or Tuesday, I think it's Tuesday actually until next Tuesday, you don't have a second episode to worry about. Um, but so over on it, me JP's, uh, Twitch channel, you can literally Google role play with a uh, two L's instead of, you know, L E and you'll find all their stuff. I'm sure. Sounds uh, cool. Yeah. Um, I think that's it for D and D. Other than our campaign. Well, if that's if that's it for your week, yep. aside from D and D, we'll roll into D and D. Yep. Um. 
Uh, I, I don't know on my end on D and D. I mean, that we kind of didn't do a whole lot, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying that in a bad way. You know, shit has to happen, but I mean, it fairly, fairly t- toned, uh, toned down episode uh, uh, session. I mean, we took care of some business. We're in town. We're taking care of some more business, and that was really about it. Yeah, we did all level up, so that's you know, be interesting to see what what new things come about next next session, but. Yeah, I I was debating on, you know, what experience to give, if any, but the session before that, I didn't give any out because it was just travel. Um, But I felt like rewarding anything that would still leave you short of third level would be pretty disappointing. Um, And to be fair, it's a pretty major, you know, quest arc um, moment. I'm not going to say ending because it's not really over. Um, well, depending on what the players do, it may be over for the players. Um, but this is a good checkpoint, so to speak. You know, if the players get involved or stay involved, then it'll continue. If not, then it won't. Um, or at least for now, until they're forced to, you know. (laughs) Right, uh, right. Because eventually things spill over and whatnot. Um, I, I was very happy to finally get to this point. Um, even though I had no encounters, I literally have no encounters currently planned for the city. I was happy to finally get there, though, because of all the work I put into it. Um, um, and I imagine we all, as a group, are. I'm hoping that people are happy to get here because now we're in a big we're in a big city. Yeah, you know, not not some three or four building no horse town. You know, we're in a <laughs> it, we're in a city now. Lots yeah. of there's multiple armor shops, multiple item shops, yep. multiple taverns, multiple places to visit. So yeah. this is and, good. And you're not just in a city, you're in the capital. Right. So right. It'll uh it'll be interesting to see what happens from here. Um I was very happy with the cleric. That was completely random him deciding to go to the temple and mm-hmm. I enjoyed that moment for his character, you know. Yeah. I hadn't really considered that he's not, he's never been to a populated area as a cleric. This is his first time to actually be able to practice his faith with other people, so to speak. I was like, good job. When he was like, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go find my temple. I was like, oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, you should do that. You should be doing that. Yeah. It was really awesome. Um, I'm trying to think. The um, the bard's stuff is going to be interesting. He had a mm-hmm. nice little interaction already. Um, but his little family reunion will be interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I have several ideas on how that should play out, and I'm, I'm debating right now on how it will. Um, yeah. I was really glad we ended without me having to start that because now I have more time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's certainly going to be fun, I think. Yeah. Um, the I have stuff I'm working on preparing for your character, um, which it'll be it'll be interesting. I'm I'm trying to make sure I play it right. Um, yeah. Because I don't want you to go. Ah, oh, this doesn't make sense, or something. You know, something like that. I want it to flow well with what you've established with your character and backstory, um, yeah. and you know what your what you envision your character doing type stuff. Do you have stuff planned out for 
the other four? Um, I have, uh, with the cleric, I do have a couple of different things planned. Mm. Um, I just have to figure out how to tie them in now because certain hooks have been missed. Oh, um, man. <laughs> so it's one of those things where, okay, now how do I tie it back in? So I do have right. stuff planned for the cleric um, based on his okay. backstory. Um, the twins, is they're a little bit more difficult because they're a long way from home. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did like uh, the rogue's little moment he had. I enjoyed... Uh, I had planned that ahead of time. <laughs> Specifically, if he took a watch, that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and it it was one of those moments where I wanted to... It wasn't anything serious. It was just a little kind of feel-good moment to me. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how I'm, he felt about it yet, but... I'm glad that I was. it woke me up and I saw it. That yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and i liked your reaction to it you know jumping up ready for battle and then you're like i was ready i was like oh, oh shit yeah let's go <laughs> oh oh all right have fun with that <laughs> yeah and i'm being very vague i shouldn't do that to our uh listeners um so that moment with our rogue who is a tabaxi which is a cat person um was they had stopped on the way to the capital at this farmer's place and uh uh they were housed in this barn for the night, and in the morning, the farmer's daughter basically played ball with the rogue uh, Tabaxi, mm-hmm. um, referencing you know him as a kitty, uh, just being a cute <laughs> little kid. That was the whole premise of it was this cute little kid, you know, playing with a cat who's actually a person, you know, a rogue person, six and a half foot tall, cat. yeah, huge person. <laughs> um, and that was just, I kind of want to give them a moment of something good, you know, considering their background. As, yeah. You know, he's a rogue and he's more associated with the underbelly and stuff. So having a feel good moment with his character, you know, maybe help him see that there's not so much bad, you know, they're still good. Yeah. Um, Unexpected too, because we're on guard duty. Yeah. You know, we're like, oh, something could happen. Maybe not, but it could. And it was like, oh, what's going on? Oh, it's just a little kid. Yeah. It's just a little kid. Um, and in the capital, uh, the cleric who, in his backstory, um, he wasn't originally a cleric. He's actually fairly recent uh, into the into being a cleric. And that was because his the village he grew up in was attacked. Pretty much everybody died, so he headed off. Uh, went to another little village, you know, settled down, uh, or he's actually rescued by them, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. He's rescued by them, and the old man that took him in was a cleric of that god, and yeah. he basically became his assistant. Cool. And then that town was attacked and essentially burned to the ground, and if I'm not mistaken, he was a lone survivor, um, mm-hmm. or one of the few survivors of that, too. So he's had a very traumatic recent past, and... Um, he, getting to the capital, he went to the temple for his God and the priest welcomed him with open arms and he got to, uh, experience for the first time that, uh, belonging to the church mm-hmm. and to commune, I won't say appropriately, but officially with his, uh, goddess, um, the bard 
uh, Dandelion, he he has a he's from the capital, so coming back here is um, very much directly connected to his past, his present, and his future, possibly. You know, um, mm-hmm. so the first thing he did was did I see anybody around that I know, and of course, him being him rolls over a twenty, so I'm like, yeah, apparently there is. Um, so he uh, immediately notices a woman who was a uh, a previous uh, friend with uh, certain benefits um, and they had a little conversation and then where we left off he's actually going to uh, a very uh, what's the word highly anticipated visit with his father mm-hmm. um, who is a a uh, fairly wealthy merchant in the city, um, which that'll be interesting because Dandelion is nothing like what his father wants him to be. You know, yeah. he's doing things and he's not really participating in the business. He's not really doing anything that a son of a merchant would do. What's with this goat boy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um yeah, as far as, you know, overall plot, uh, the group as a whole, you know, you pass off your message to the uh, Knights Tempest, who are the uh, enfor- or who are the police force for the entire country, um, mm-hmm. as far as the upper tier goes. Um, and that's kind of where we left off. Um, yeah. All the characters cool. are now level three, so we'll be doing level up stuff um, before the next session. Which I think I haven't heard a whole lot, so I guess everybody's doing okay with their stuff. Um, have yeah. you looked at yours yet? Uh, yeah, mine's already finished. So. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll see how it all turns out next on the next episode of, of the Goat Squad Z, <laughs> the Order of the Goat. Yeah, no, <laughs> I refuse. Uh, um, cool. If I guess that re- that caps off our D and D talk, I will yeah. roll into my week, since uh, Mister I don't think I have a lot. Fucking hour long, Chris here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to beat him and do my week in ten minutes. <laughs> <sighs> I can do this. I'm ready for this. All right, here we go. So first off, uh, watching stuff. I didn't watch a damn thing except one movie. I watched it a couple nights ago. Uh, Annihilation. I finally got around to watching that. I felt like an asshole because I didn't understand it. Uh, it was another one of those movies where after the end I had to go, I'm going to have to go look up a fucking synopsis. So there's a YouTube channel I check out every now and again that he just basically summarizes uh, movies. He goes through plot lines and uh, explains things that maybe you missed mm-hmm. or maybe you wanted more maybe more, more explanation of. I'm literally looking up his channel right now because I, I forgot I was going to talk about him. <laughs> but... um. Visually good movie, uh, sci-fi. It's got some horror elements too, but right around the end of the movie, I started getting that I don't kind of kind of losing the thread here, kind of not understanding what's going on. And then when it ended, ended, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have to have that explained. It's I, I must have missed something, or it's just it's it's one of them fucking too smart movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, found flicks. F L I X is his channel's name. Uh, got a lot of good uh endings explained and analysis stuff like that. So, um, 
I mean, it's worth a rent, I I suppose. If sci-fi movies are up your alley, check it out. Uh, maybe you'll love it. Here, a lot of people have just absolutely fallen in love with this movie, and for me, it was it was okay. Uh, I, I it looked good. I was wanting to see where it was going, but yeah. Uh, that was all my watch stuff. Uh, games. I'm still in that funk. Still kind of in that turmoil where uh, mm-hmm. I can't really decide on what I want to play. Uh, I went through my Steam library and, and bounced back and forth through a few games. I'm uh, still kind of sort of playing Neo. I have reached a wall, and I've kind of put it down for a minute. It's, this is not uncommon with me. I've, I've actually done this for every single Dark Souls game and Bloodborne and Demon Souls, where I will get to a point where I'm just hitting a wall, and I know I'm supposed to go this way, but it's it's a combination of different things. This one right now is... There is a long string of enemies before the next checkpoint, and I keep making progress and making progress, and I'm not I'm not reaching the checkpoint. Uh, I'm sure I'll get there, and it's probably something I'm doing. Maybe I'm not upgrading my weapons enough. I've I've been known to do that as well. <laughs> I'm making the game fucking harder on myself. Yeah. Uh, but I will muscle past this at some point. Eventually, I'll get past this wall, just like I did for every one of these kind of games, and and I'll go beat it. Uh, I picked up, uh, I've been playing through some Mega Man. I've been playing through Mega Man Legacy Collection 2 because I've actually never played fully uh, Mega Man 9, and I've never played Mega Man 10 at all, even though I had both of these games for the Xbox 360. Uh, I now have them on Steam, and I'm working my way through them. Uh, Mega Man games, especially 9 and 10, are notorious for being difficult. They, I mean, they're just built that way. And I, I, I go back to Mega Man 9 every now and again, just maybe every day, every other day, I'll just go knock out a couple levels or or try to anyway. Uh, not a hardcore work. It's been it's become like an in between for me right now. Uh, I started playing another one called Pyre. Uh, I'm gonna come back to this eventually. Uh, I'm not in the mood for an RPG right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not in the mood for uh, uh, narration and stuff like that. Just, just not not feeling it. I can see the potential in Pyre. It's got some. Uh, it's got some good hooks. It's got some interesting uh, storytelling and some an interesting story. But I just gently put that down. Not 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 ready for that right now. Um, Slain back from hell, side scrolling, uh, slash em up type game. Uh, actually, really cool thing about this is it has a lot of uh, parry and repost mechanics in it, which is very very cool. Another one where it's maybe maybe an in between game. It, it I believe it has checkpoints and save abilities as well. So uh, either I'll come back to it later or in between. Um, I know there was another one of Valda's story, uh, side scrolling, uh, slash them up as well, but kind of a rogue uh, rogue like tendencies in it. Uh, kind of give or take. I feel like I may I may need to come back to this at another point and just give it another try. Just wasn't feeling it, but not in a negative way. Just again, I'm in, I'm just in this fucking turmoil right now where I don't know what I want to play. I was actually on the cusp of uh, going back to God of War. I was thinking about putting on a, a give me God of War mode and just saying fuck it, let's do it. But <laughs> I haven't yet. I'm still stewing on how great of a game that was and still riding that fucking coast and that high of it of yeah. it being such a great experience. 
I may or may not, but I know when I do, and I'm not gonna fucking stop until I beat that game all the way through on that difficulty. And I'm not, I'm, I don't know, I, I don't, I don't know when I, I don't know when I'm gonna be ready to do that. But no. uh, I played Mega Man. I'm sorry, Mighty Number no. Nine for all of uh, <laughs> 20 minutes. Yep. Well, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. A few things I did right off the bat to this game, okay? Right off the bat. I went into options. I changed the voice dialogue to Japanese. That that got rid of a lot of my issues because even in <laughs> okay. watching gameplay, even in watching gameplay of other people play, I do not like the voice acting. I don't like voice acting. I don't like English voice acting, period, that much because they fucking talk too much and they always have to constantly fucking say shit. So throwing it to Japanese made it a little more bearable. There is a uh, audio mode where it goes. You can you can change the soundtrack to a classic like eight bit style soundtrack. I did that as well. Again, this is before I even got into the game. I was already manipulating shit to what I experience I wanted. Those two changes alone made the game a little more bearable. Uh, I made it through the first level. I made it through the intro level. And stop playing. Not angrily, not upset. Just I need to come back to analyze this some more. But I'm not feeling that game. Mm-hmm. There are I, I don't hate it. Let's go ahead and get that right out the way. The Mega Man fan, the man. I do not hate Mega Man, uh, Mighty Number no. Nine. There there are some design choices in that game that I just don't prefer. Number one, too much dialogue, too much story shit they're trying to push. I get it. It's it's KG and Afune doing something different. He's wanting to have a more story-rich game. I get that. I don't need that in these games. I've never have. I don't. It's it's not that big a deal. Uh, the I wanted so bad to wall jump and wall climb and wall slide. You cannot. You can only ledge grab and pull yourself up. That's that's been. T- it's just taking so long to get used to, because I'm trying to go for the walls. It, it, they almost look like they're designed to be grabbed, but you can't. You can only ledge grab. Uh, and I was getting severely pissed off at enemies right off the bat because they were taking way too many hits to kill. Yep. Way too many. Like, 15 fucking pellets into one basic bitch fucking enemy at the beginning of the game. And then I remembered, like, I don't know, 20 enemies down the way, oh, I'm supposed to be doing this fucking dash through them mm-hmm. shit. So I hit them one, two, maybe three times. They stun. They change a slight different color. I dash through them. Great! And I don't even know what I'm getting. I'm getting points, I guess. Yeah. Is this game score based? Is there? Am I getting currency to spend money on something later? I better be able to buy a wall jump if that's the case. <laughs> uh, I don't know why the, the the dash thing is in there, but I don't care for it. It just seems so out of place. Yep. Especially again, I know this is not Mega Man X, and I know this is a, a departure from classic Mega Man. But I want to dash, not like this. Like, I want to dash and jump, and it's you can't. Yeah. And I want to wall jump, and you can't. Uh, I'm going to make it through some more of this game. I'm going to go through some levels. I mean, I may even fucking dump it all and just beat the game. I don't know. But I can tell you right now, Um, do I, do I hate this game? No. Do As compared to Mega Man games, does it fit? bastardized version yeah 
the biggest issue that I have with Mighty Number no. Nine is the money that was dumped into that game, and this was the product. Yeah, this is not good. Like it, this was three point two million dollars, I think was was on this game when the, the Kickstarter when it was finished, mm-hmm. something like that, some big fucking amount of money, and this is what we got. And I don't think it matches up. I don't think. Uh, I don't. I don't think it fits. So I'm not a fan of it. Uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see where it goes. Uh, and then I put in uh, Ratchet and Clank. This is the 2016 or 17 uh, remake. This is on the heels of the Ratchet and Clank movie that came out, and it's basically the original game remastered. And uh, understandably, I didn't. I, I I spent maybe two maybe three days on this game i've already beat it i've already got uh all the things i needed to get in it uh i put my time into it ratchet and clanks are not meant to me they're 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 almost a kirby level of difficulty at times i mean they're not meant to be super hardcore difficult they do have levels of difficulty don't don't get me wrong but they're meant to be going through you experience them you have a good time with them and for the most part, yeah, I did. I like I like the choices they made. They made a lot of uh, they made a lot of narr- narrative choices, uh, as in taking other races from other games, from other like PlayStation three and four generation games, and bringing them into this game and making fleshing out the world better. Uh, I mean, it's got better graphics. It's it's got it's got updated music. Most of the core game is still there, and you still get the core game from the original. So, well, yeah, I had a good time with it. I l- I've discovered something that I like about PlayStation 4 games. I like about modern games that I've seen it, and maybe I just haven't... I guess because of what I played recently, it's becoming more of a prevalent issue for me. Mm-hmm. I really like motion blurring in games. I've noticed that a lot when I was playing uh, God of War. It does become an issue when you're taking screenshots because they blur all the time. <laughs> but I really like the motion blur. There's motion blur all over the place in God of War, and there was motion blur in uh, Ratchet and Clank. That is a graphics design choice that I can see where it's used. I see it when it happens, and I, and I like it. it. It makes experience pretty cool for me. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that I'm usually okay with, but there have been a couple of games where I'm like, this is just it needs to be toned down, you know. Yeah. So I'm taking it overboard. Yeah. Uh, and really, as far as everything for my week, that's it. I was uh, I was on the verge of trying some other games. I thought about starting. I still have some uh, some 3ds games I want to try. I want to get into. And again, mm-hmm. it's just that fucking. It's breaking myself of it's okay to sit in your recliner and play your DS, man. It's cool. <laughs> Once I, if I can get the fuck over that, I'll be all right. Uh, I thought about going and playing Yakuza 0. I bought that last year based on the, uh, or this year, I think, based on the you know high praise it got, damn near yeah. Game of the Year awards that people were giving it. And uh, I think all in total, I played maybe an hour of that game, and I put it down. I, I was not feeling it. I was feeling. I don't know what to expect from that game because I've never played a Yakuza, Yakuza game at all. But if there is a, I'd like the audience to tell me like what, who is Yakuza for? Like what audience is Yakuza Zero built for? What am I expecting? What should I be expecting from this game? 
what specifically when does the hooks happen? When do the hooks happen? Because I was playing through it. It's got it's got its own unique style, its own unique look, but not I mean almost boredom. I was just like, ah, oh, this this is going somewhere. Like, are we doing something? What are we doing here? So before I trade that in, I'll I want to give it another try. And also, I think that I, I started that on the heels of playing something else. I mm-hmm. think maybe I started it. I think I maybe tried to give it a try either before or after Persona Five. I forget. But uh, and and also, I'm not mentioning the. I can't think of the other like five or ten different games that I try to go through, and I just again like anywhere from five minutes to twenty minutes. I just put it down. And I just it's. Uh, turmoil it's hard for me to decide oh damn what am i thinking i'm retarded there is a game i'm playing right now i went back through my library and, and looked and i was like oh shit i've got 3d dot game heroes for the playstation 3 i've had that game i made it a point to get that game years ago and i've had it in my library forever and i've never played it and i'm now playing through it i'm probably i'm i'm in the second dungeon of the game right now it's and- unique it's charming it has its cool moments and it's it's got my attention for now, so we'll see how far I take this through. And what game is that? Three D dot game heroes. It is basically the it's a PlayStation three pixelated three D pixelated version of a Zelda type game. You know, go here, collect things, go to the next castle, blah 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 blah. Uh Reminiscent of the old school Zeldas, the top-down Zeldas, Zelda One and uh, Link to the Past, stuff like that. Okay. So, I mean, it's got my attention. It's 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 pretty fun. We'll see what happens. Just know that one day, if you see PlayStation pop up and I'm playing God of War, I'm I've, I've dove back in. It's, <laughs> it's, I, I see pictures and videos all over the place. People are still talking about God of War. Yeah. They're still playing it. They're still enjoying it. I'm like, ah, I kind of want to get back into it, but we'll see. Yeah, I was watching uh, MEJP's uh, show called Drop Frames, where it's their weekly, you know, uh, it's not really a gaming cast, but it's, you know, what they've been doing on Twitch, essentially. It's a Twitch thing, focus thing. Uh Um, And their guests they had on, uh, they were talking about God of War. So I was like, oh, and they, they... I don't want to say spoiled because it's not a big deal, but they did finally, I uh, found out how I was supposed to avoid that attack that was unblockable and stuff. Um, and I don't know that I would have ever figured it out on purpose. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I can see how I would have accidentally figured it out, but they did also talk a lot about the difficulty stuff. And um, when I had asked you last week about, you know, oh, was it this boss, you know, that you're t- describing? The reason that it's not the same is because my bosses have different moves than yours. Yeah. It it adds moves to them. So yeah. it's not just the same one, you know, a little bit stronger, doing more damage. It's literally they add, you know, a little bit more mo- uh, difficulty to the moveset you have to avoid. Yeah. So. I just, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do it. I kind of just want to go through the game again period just to fucking yeah. go back through the game and play it and get back in those beautiful zones and and back into that great combat yeah. 
there's not there's not a lot for me to just go through the game on the hardest difficulty. I feel like I'm just gonna give myself a fucking controller breaking rage moments for. Yeah, for I'm gonna playing. I'm gonna throw this out there. The uh, guest they had on, he 100 percent the game on the hardest difficulty. Cool. Um, like I've been working on, and him fighting the last Valkyrie, the one you unlock. Mm-hmm. It took him four hours. Wow. To beat. It's understandable, man. So, like I said, I, I yeah. I've already been here with games like this. <laughs> I mean, I've been through Bloodborne, I've been through Dark Souls, been through Dark Souls two and three and Demon Souls. I've already had all my time in the in the shade with all these fight one boss for hours, even days. I'm looking at you, fucking Calamite. I will solo you one day, but we'll see. I, I do get a thrill. I do get the victory moment of fucking hell yeah. I, I am I am the golden god because I beat this game in the hardest difficulty. And it's itching on me. It's itching. But I also know that when I start that shit, I'm not going to stop. And it's going to be fucking two months later. All right, so I'm still playing God of War. And mm-hmm. I'm still on this pause. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yep. Uh, last really tiny tidbits of things. My wife and I went to a local restaurant. We had some, uh, Greek food, some more authentic Greek food, trying out a new restaurant. That was great. And we also tried a local candy store as in they make their own candy in shop. And it was a wide variety of candy, gummy candy, chocolate candy, sour candy, tart candy, cookies, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, for you and for the audience as well, go find a local candy store and support your local candy store because, man, it's good shit. Well, good food. So that wraps up our weeks. That wraps up all the good stuff. We are going to roll into today's topics. Probably going to be another long one. So I hope you got uh, double butter popcorn ready um, <laughs> because we are going, we are doing another year in review. This year, we are doing 1992. Uh, at this point in the in the gaming's life cycle and video games life cycle, uh, I mean the Super Nintendo's already out. It's doing great things. The uh, Nintendo is it's not dead yet. It's not necessarily running into its uh, end years. I think ninety seven was when they discontinued, or maybe ninety five. I forget. But they're they're st- they're still releasing Nintendo games at this point. Uh, the Genesis is still out. I mean, this is still, this is slowly creeping up on the, on the 16-bit era. Mm -hmm. Uh, the Sega CD came out. Uh, yeah, Sega CD came out. Um, kind of also known as the Street Fighter year this year. We'll get to that later. Yeah. But, uh, let me look at some hardware shit real quick. The Atari, this is interesting. The Atari dropped the 2600 as of this year. Uh, which is crazy for me because I I didn't have that impact at this at this time in my life. The first impact that ever happened to me was actually when the Nintendo stopped when they when they discontinued the Nintendo and basically stopped supporting the Nintendo. Again, I think that was either ninety five or ninety seven, but that was like oh man, which because it basically means like there's no more games coming out for the system. System's done. Yeah. And just uh, one real quick uh, correction: what I just said, the Sega uh-huh. CD came out in North America this year. Uh, uh, okay. Japan was last year, was ninety one. Totally understandable. Uh, the Super Nintendo is. Ju- I mean, the, you're going to see some baby steps in this one. the The hits haven't come. There's a couple good ones this year, but 
the 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 fucking slobber knockers are on the way, and <laughs> I actually didn't find this out until research today that the Super Nintendo ran pretty much till '99 in North America, and it kept going. the The Super Famicom kept the Super Famicom kept going in Japan till like 2003. <laughs> so awesome, awesome. But for those that aren't acquainted with these, uh, with with this series that we do, it's basically we're gonna go through 1992. We're gonna go through the video games. There are a shit ton of games in this year, as they're yep. gonna be increasingly for every year from here on. Uh, I've warned our audience that we are literally gonna have episodes where Chris and I are gonna have like five minutes a piece to talk about our weeks, and it's four hours of an episode because games are increasing. I mean. The more years there are, the more games that are coming out. Yeah, this is the um, first year where I looked at the list and I was like, ooh, I can't wait yeah. to actually, you know, get to this year. Because in the past, like I've, you know, mentioned before, got to be patient with me because I didn't start, you know, my gaming doesn't go as far back as Michael's does. Yeah. But now we're starting to get into it. Good, good. And uh, another real quick, uh, for those for those that are, this is your first year in review with us. Again, we're just going through the year and we're talking about notable games of the year. Uh, particularly notable games for us. I know when I make my list, I typically try to pick games that I have played or I have mm-hmm. experience with. I may throw in some tidbits like, yeah, I remember reading about this. Or, hey, this is actually a big deal in the gaming world. But we're just reminiscing in the years that these games came out and just you know giving some giving some credit where credits due. So on that note, let's start at the top and we'll start with the A's. Uh, I'm gonna go first. First game right off the bat, be really short and sweet with this one. Uh, Nintendo had another release of an Adventure Island. Adventure Island Three came out. Uh, repeat everything I said before about Adventure <laughs> Island Two and tack it on Adventure Island Three. I mean it's it's the same stuff but different levels. Uh, you you get to ride pet dinosaurs around the world it's it's good stuff it was more of that uh and i, I think this is the i don't remember if, i don't think there was an adventure island 4 but again adventure island 2 and 3 are almost entertain interchangeable of how how their gameplay was uh any a's for you chris nope battle clash i'm gonna bring this one up because this is very important that this year the super nintendo released the super scope I unfortunately never had a Super Scope in my life. I Me never either. even went to a friend's house that had one, and that's sad because nope. I bar- I went to a lot of friends' houses that had video games, and I borrowed a lot of shit from a lot of friends. And unfortunately, no Super Scope. Uh, there were quite a few games that were released with the Super Scope or released to use the Super Scope. Uh, this was one of them, uh, one I always wanted to play. I've seen many... I've seen commercials for the Super Scope, and I also saw uh, video game magazine adverts with Battle Clash on it, and having a having a fucking rocket launcher style gun attached to your shoulder and shooting <laughs> uh, machines. Hell yeah, I'm all over mm-hmm. that. That sounds cool. Uh, I just wanted to mention it because I thought it was a cool game. Unfortunately, I've never played it, and I, I should, but I, I just I never have. Um. Biohazard Battle. Yeah. yeah. Came out this year. This game is relatively unknown to the gaming world. Mm-hmm. Uh sort of sort of well known in the in the shmup uh gaming culture world, but it's particularly 
uh, it has a fond place in Chris and both of our hearts because we yeah. played this game together in our younger years. This is a uh, two. You can play it two player co op. It's a shmup. You can pick one of four different fighters. You have weapon upgrades. You have different types of weapons you can use. Uh, has a lot of um, uh, mode seven esque graphic situations in the game. Very pretty game. Uh, very unique and interesting, disgusting bosses too at times. Uh, <laughs> and pretty unfor- difficulty once you get a little further in. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, Chris and I never beat this together. But again, and this this goes back to just me as a gamer. I don't play games just to beat them. The yeah. fact that me, th- this game is good for me. Thinking back to days of me and Chris having a medium-sized uh, paper bag filled with $5 of Airheads and Snickers and and like forty freaking five cent candies and a can of fucking cream soda and playing this game on a TV together. Yeah. That's what this game is to me. Did I beat it? No. Did we beat it? No. We play together. Fucking yep. fun. Uh, that's all my bees, man. Uh, yeah, same here. Yep. Contra Three: Alien Wars. Uh, this is the Super Nintendo installment of Contra. Uh, graphical upgrade. I mean, that goes that goes without saying for almost all these Super Nintendo games. But again, it takes the core concept of what you remember of Contra: side scrolling. You, you're it's a shoot 'em up, but not like a shmup. It's more of a gun shooter. You have weapons that you can upgrade. You have weapon types that you can change to, like a spread gun and a fucking flamethrower. Uh, again, kind of, it uses the uh, Mode 7 graphics for a lot of bosses. They start to show their power, start to show their graphical uh, design power. Uh, still difficult. All most, most all Contras that I can ever remember playing all had that arc of difficulty to them, mainly because they were one shot, you're dead. It's understandable. Uh, I personally have only made it to maybe the fourth or fifth level of this game, and even then, it was back, back in my teenage years, so... Can't really say much else on it. Just the fact that this was a, this is the Super Nintendo's entry. This is the Contra entry into the Super Nintendo world. Thought it was noteworthy. That's it for my C's. Uh, yep. Darkwing Duck. <laughs> this is another of the uh, Capcom legacy here. The, the company Capcom is so awesome. Or was so awesome and has kind of made a slump <laughs> down in the years and is slowly making a resurgence maybe hopefully we'll see uh the devil may cry game and the mega man game coming out and we'll see if they ever fix small versus capcom uh, our our company in review type uh episode, uh episode will come later down the road but anyway this is back in their heyday this was back when Mega Man was shit hot. This is where they were taking on most of the Disney afternoon cartoons and making video games out of them, yep. and they were very good. This was... I've never actually played the original Batman NES game, the one that's really good, unfortunately. I hear this is kind of like it. It has a lot of... Uh, actually, I did play Darkwing Duck. I only played a few levels of it. Uh, this is actually a couple years ago, but... I think it has some some uh, ceiling clinging abilities, uh, side scrolling action shoot, shooting type deal. You can get power ups as well. Uh, again, unfortunately, I only made it a few levels in, so I can't talk 
tremendously largely about it, but it's up there with the Capcom making Disney themed video games and doing them very well, doing yeah. doing doing good justice. Uh, I put Dragon Quest Five on here. I never played <laughs> Dragon too. Quest Five. Uh, I never put. I never played many Dragon Quests. I mean, I played Dragon Warrior, played Dragon Warrior One and Two, and I played Dragon Quest. I want to say it was either seven or eight. I forget which one. Anyway, I put Dragon Quest Five on here just for people to understand where that that Final Fantasy was not alone. Yeah, like we th- we we in the United States thought it was alone. But in Japan, they had Dragon Quest. At this point in time, uh, we'll get to the next game in, in just a minute, but they were up to Final Fantasy IV at this point, and that was back in 91. And this is Dragon Quest V coming out this year. And I think, let me scroll down and cheat a little bit, there is another series. Uh, nope, actually, they made its first debut this year. But just just for the record, just pointing it out for the audience... For those that don't know, Final Fantasy is a big deal. It, it it or was a big deal, however you want to say it. But Dragon Quest is also equally, especially in Japan, a big deal. They they are they are neck and neck almost in going up the years in video games and releases and title quantity and popularity, all that. So thought it thought it deserved a good mention. Yeah, it's it's one of those big ones that you never really hard about growing up but as you know an adult looking back going wow these were actually really popular right um just not here and as a matter of fact dragon quest 5 was not released in north america until the uh or outside of japan i'll say because it's north america australia and eu um got the game in 2009 on the ds yep so they didn't (laughs) apparently want to deal with doing the uh English-speaking cartridge because it costs more. Yep. And, I mean, I need need to do my personal homework and figure out why there was Dragon Warrior and Dragon Quest. Uh, More will come on that in the future. But in any event, I just wanted to stress that, you know, it's this is something I didn't realize even myself until way later in my life that... Mm -hmm. Again, we're just so used to Final Fantasy being the one-all. I, I know there are other RPG series. I'm not, I'm not making that argument. What I'm saying is is that we th- when we think to video game RPGs, immediately our brain goes to Final Fantasy. Yeah. In Japan, they go to Dragon Quest. I mean, that's their baby. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all of mine for the D category. Um, I did want to just throw out there, we haven't talked about this for any of the past years, but... There are actually, you know, Dungeons and Dragons games that were frequently released back then. Um, 92 had two of them. Um, mm-hmm. Don't know how good they were, these ones, but I think the one in one of the last couple of years was actually pretty good. Um, some of them were in arcades, not just on the console. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were designed to, you know, eat your quarters, um, which isn't hard to imagine with a D&D type environment. Right. Um, but if you have an interest in D&D, uh, some of them may be worth checking out. Um, if that's it for your Ds as well, yep. Echo the Dolphin. Yeah. Sega, Sega Genesis game. Now, I I don't remember if we played this one. I, I, I believe I owned the Sega CD version of it. Yeah. 
I have played Echo the Dolphin a few times. I don't remember how I played it. I may have been in another friend's house, but definitely an odd game. No, well, okay, let me mm. scratch that. I don't mean odd as in like it's a bad game. I mean it was kind of out of the blue. This is literally a game where you controlled a dolphin. Technically, this shouldn't be that odd for me because I did have an Atari 2600 and one of those games was Dolphin. So, not like I'm not used to that. But, this was, I mean, this was basically a mystical fucking Dolphin that the world was being invaded by aliens and he had to go around the underworld, the, the underwater world and, yeah, go through levels. I'm going to throw this out there. That I never looked up a guide for this game, so I never got past like 15 minutes into it. Right. Something like that. There's just a hard stopping point. It's like, okay, I've literally bashed my poor dolphin's nose into (laughs) everything possible. I've, you know, done this little echolocation thing. I see something I should be able to interact with, but I have no way of triggering it. I have no idea what's going on. And it's one of those games that I'd pick up every now and then go, am I smart enough to figure this out now? Nope. Yep. All right. I'm done. And I never I say that was the same for me. Again, I, I have I have vague memories of playing this. I remember wanting to play it. I remember yeah. just being seeing magazine adverts for this game and being interested. Like, what? What? What is this game? How is this? This is being advertised like extremely well. They really want people to play this game. And I've only played it a handful of times. And I think most of those times came to the same thing. Like there was just a point where it's like, I don't know what to do. It almost has a puzzle like aspect to the levels. Like mm-hmm. you have to figure out where to go and how to get there. And you can use different abilities, and different attacks, but yeah, I just wanted to point the game out for being fucking out there. Yeah. Like just something you don't think of, you know, you get to control a dolphin. Yeah, I mean, go stop aliens as a concept, and I had no idea about the aliens thing. I didn't know what my objective was or anything like that. I never got anything like that. That's actually a spoiler, I guess, because you don't find that out till like the last boss. Like the the last boss shows up, and it's a fucking. It's basically an alien. It looks like an alien queen, (laughs) but Um, sure. But it, it was fun to play with little I could figure out. Yeah, yeah, but up until the sticking points, it's it's actually interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. Any other E's? No. Final Fantasy V. The Final Fantasy that nobody ever talks about. Exactly. <laughs> I have played, this is, this is sad. Uh, number one, again, as this is what I kind of wanted to hint at earlier, but I didn't want to say it. So Dragon Quest V and Final Fantasy V, same year. Mm-hmm. So that just this is more concrete for people to understand if you didn't know this to to start getting in your head that Final Fantasy is not the only fucking RPG out there. But anyway, Final Fantasy 5, I never played this until the uh there was some there was some PlayStation game that had Final Fantasy 4 and Final Fantasy 5 together. And mm-hmm. I played through Final Fantasy 5 all the way one time and unfortunately I cannot tell you much about it I think the main character's name was Bartz or Butts I think that was a joke <laughs> I honestly do not remember much about that I don't remember anything anything you know I own that set that two disc set 
but I never uh-huh. played five. I yeah. actually never played four on that set either. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why. Uh, it was one of those things that I always, I was like, I should play this, and I never did. Yep. It was strange. I should go back through Final Fantasy V in my later years. I need to do that. I still have Final Fantasy III, the uh, 3D remake right. for the uh, the Steam version I have. And I should. I need to, I need to go through that. I, I kind of want to finish four first since I'm so far into four. But I, I I feel like I maybe I just rushed through five. I don't know if it, maybe it was some weird time in my teenage life where I just don't remember a damn thing about the <laughs> game. But I honestly don't, and that that's sad. I don't remember anything being bad about the game. Well, let me rephrase that. It's not that I don't remember there being anything bad about the game. It's that I don't remember anything about the game. Period. So. Sorry, folks. Wish I had more Final Fantasy stuff for you. Please, if you have thoughts on Final Fantasy V, you can email us at any time. Catch uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, Chris. Mm-hmm. Tell you and the audience as well. Guilty pleasure game of mine. <laughs> I like Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Now, just hear me out before the knives come my way. This is not a quintessential Final Fantasy. This should not have the Final Fantasy title, aside from having crystals. And, I mean, it's it's got some Final Fantasy stuff, maybe? Kind of? If this game was not called a Final Fantasy, it would be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game is piss easy. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. The game's battle system is fucking goofy. You know, click this fucking stone tablet ten times and fight ten enemies before you can move on. Yes, I get that. Um, I don't know. I, I wish I could tell you all the reasons why I'm. It's it's it. This is a guilty pleasure game for me. This is a game where like I know it's bad, but I enjoy playing it. I like the battle music. I like the music of the game. Uh, I like the I like the the world manipulation where you know you get a. This is the first that I can recall of something like, hey, if you get an axe, you can actually use that axe. To chop down trees and and make a path, you get a, a dragon claw like hook shot almost, and it will let you like traverse across the the uh, the gaps and stuff like that. The enemies taking progressive amounts of visible battle damage that was cool. Again, piss poor easy game. I know that, and I know there's a there's a big fucking controversy about it being designed that way. Of it, that's this was Japan's way of going. Okay, babbies want a fucking RPG. We will give Babby an RPG, and this is the best they can handle. <laughs> um, it's not a fucking ten out of ten. It's not. It's not gonna win awards. But again, this is like, I don't know. I equate this real talk. I equate this to Limp Biscuit. I like Limp Biscuit. I grew up with Limp Biscuit in high school. I never got out of Limp Biscuit, but everybody around me is like, "Ooh, you really shouldn't listen to that." Well, I shouldn't like Mystic Quest, but I do. I, I you know what? I'm totally cool with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did. I can't tell you anything about it, but I did beat Mystic Quest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I will say. Uh, I probably shouldn't say this. But it was actually one of the first Final Fantasies I beat after Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, I mean it's understandable. This is this is 1992, folks. You've got that, and that's, I mean, really much it. You don't have Dragon Quest V. That's in Japan. You don't have Final Fantasy V. That's in Japan. So 
when you go from Final Fantasy 4, you're like, I want something else. Then this comes out. It's understandable that you get it and you're maybe disappointed because of the vast amount of Final Fantasy-esque changes that come along. But, I mean, it is what it is. I enjoyed it. Any other Fs for you? Uh, Let me double check. I don't think so. No, I only had those two. Two Final Fantasies. All right. For the Ks, I've got two of them. I've got a okay. pretty... Pretty underknown, pretty... Oh, by the way, I'm skipping letters, too, by the way. If yeah. there's yeah, something between K... I don't have anything until L. <laughs> okay, okay, we're good. Jesus, Chris, okay. Um, so, uh, one relatively unknown name, unknown game, and again, uh, I'm going to stress this. I'm not saying this shit to act like I'm some fucking hipster guy that's played shit that you haven't played or the audience hasn't played. Most of these games that I say it like that are like even I didn't know. I didn't. I've never heard of them. And God, it was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. And then uh, the other game is actually a well-known as a franchise starter. Actually, the first one is a uh, Kickmaster, yeah. Kickmaster for the Nintendo Entertainment System. I don't remember how I came across this one. I think this may have been <laughs> one that I rented at a uh, local gas station type situation, and eventually just got it. Very, very interesting side-scrolling action beat-em-up style game. Uh, huh. As the title would 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 make you guess, the main character is a kick master. Almost all of his attacks are kick-related. Mm-hmm. And you can, I forget if it's either you just get them, I think you get them by leveling up and or you also get them from purchasing them. But you get different uh, moves as you go throughout the game. They're almost a fighting game in input style to make them happen. You know, you have like a slide, you have a uh, a flying kick, a vertical kick, uh, a like a backflip, a twirling kick, a hurricane kick, all mm-hmm. these things. Uh, there's lots of loot to collect, so to speak. There's a lot of, you know, you kill an enemy, they explode, and like a bunch of shit flies, and you got to try to grab them before they all fly off screen. Interesting artwork, interesting bosses, a fairly decent difficulty challenge throughout the whole entire game, interesting level designs, pretty good music. Again, I have never heard, fucking heard of this. I think this was like a bottom of the barrel. I'm just going to rent it because and was... I've yeah. I've loved this loved that game ever since I played it. Uh, I don't think I've ever beat it. I need to go back and uh, and make that happen. But definitely made it pretty far. Probably four or five levels into this game and uh, enjoyed it. Just just hit me out of nowhere and enjoyed it. <laughs> Other game definitely well known. The first yeah. game to start off the Kirby franchise came came out this year. Kirby's Dreamland for the Nintendo Game Boy. Uh, many of Kirby's uh, tropes and uh, the, the the what you know Kirby for did start here. I'll give you that. He does suck in air and can float and fly. He can suck in enemies and then spit them back out to to make to to uh, make damage happen. There are some key enemies that started here that are still around, like uh, Wispy Woods and Cracko. But this game is very short, and it's very easy, and those are the easy difficulty will pretty much stay throughout Kirby's life lifespan, and I'm completely fine with that. 
for those that don't like Kirby because it, it's it's very kid like, I completely understand that. You can look at something like uh, uh, I want to say yarn Yoshi. Wool, Yoshi's was Woolly World. Kirby's yeah. yarn something. I, I don't know what it was. I know what you're talking about though. Yeah, you can look at most Kirby games and you can almost sleep through them. <laughs> they 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 have difficulty here and there but it's so fucking rare and so they're not meant they're not meant to be hard and i've always yeah. liked kirby games for that they have their draw is the general progression throughout the levels and later starting with the uh i want to say it starts with the kirby's dreamland for the nintendo the ability to suck enemies in and then get their powers that's mm-hmm. that's what Kirby's known for now. And that's been expanded upon where yeah. you can, you know, suck in two enemies and who knows what the combination is going to be. It's that interest of, man, what's going to happen? But it all started here in 1992 on the Game Boy. And if you pick this game up today and play it, you've got maybe half an hour of gameplay, if that. It's very simplistic. It's very quick. I think there's I think there's only four levels in the game. But you know, this is where it started. Back on the Game Boy. Um, mines are the M's, so what else do you have? Alright. So big game in the L's. Lunar the Silver Star. Yep, I knew it. Yeah. So I've said this before. Um, but I'll repeat it for all those that are new and just because it's worth repeating again. This is my favorite game of all time. Um, it is a Sega CD game. It is a RPG. Um, this was a um, real big point in time for uh, technologies as far as that goes, uh, CD-based so this game had uh, FMV uh, included, FMVs, I should say, included. Um, so that was a change. You actually got the full cinematics. The music is very well done and very appropriate for the game, too, because um, there are certain themes that have to do with music throughout the game, and it's very well done. Um, the opening theme that plays before, you know, leading up to the title screen, that is to this day pretty much the only video game song I put on my music playlist. Um, I'm not like Michael is where I listen to, you know, game music over and over and focus on the songs. Um, (laughs) What a nerd, right? Yeah. This is one of the only games that I actually think about the music on without even thinking about the game with it. So if that makes sense, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, I'm, that tunes in my head, you know. Um, the overall looking back at it, it's not a overly complicated plot, um, but it's a kind of I'll call it a classic RPG. You know, you've got the hero who's got to collect these things and bring down the villain. That's a pretty standard trope. Um, yeah, but it was fun. Um, if you have played the uh, PlayStation remake called Lunar Silver Star Story Complete, ignore it. That's not the game. Um, 
the best thing about the PlayStation remake was the hidden Pong game that was on the disc. Man, this is kind of blowing my mind because that is the only Lunar I have ever played. And sadly, much like Final Fantasy V, I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. So so what you're saying is that you shouldn't play that one. You should play the original one. Yes. I I have played the Sega CD version multiple times. I have played the PlayStation version once, and I have played the Game Boy version, or it's Game Boy Advanced was the other Lunar game mm-hmm. once. Um, the Sega CD is the best one. In the remakes, they the the Nintendo or the sorry the handheld one makes sense that they change stuff, you know, um, yeah. to a certain extent though, because at this point in technology, yeah, and this that that point in technology, it wasn't a big deal going from Sega CD to DS. You know, all the stuff that's on it now, there's no reason to change things. And especially on PlayStation, you don't need to change anything, you know, for space uh, reasons. They completely changed um, the way certain characters, I think one of the first characters you meet, Nash, I believe his introduction is just completely wrong. It does not line up with the old game at all. Um, One of my, two of my big issues with the, transition to PlayStation was they put enemies visible in dungeons. So Mm -hmm. the only place you have random battles are on the map. Um, And I didn't like that because there are certain spots that are good for grinding and are were good for grinding, I should say. And it didn't feel as natural as it did on Sega CD. It didn't feel good um, to be able to see the enemies and whatnot. Let me ask, does the Sega CD have voice acting? Yes. Okay. All right. I just got to deal with that then. I didn't. I didn't really care for the voice acting. But um, that's me. I would have to go back and listen to see if uh, how much of it was original voice acting and how much was you know changed up. Um, yeah. The biggest thing from the original was uh, Luna and her singing. Uh-huh. Um, that was I thought very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really have any huge issues with voice other than that um i think the remake i was so caught up on all the other changes i didn't really focus on it right um but i never had any issues with it um well damn i have my homework now because again i played i actually played it recently i tried to play it i want to say earlier earlier this year or later last year Mm -hmm. and man i made it like two or three hours into it and it's just it's like man I, i don't know if this just hasn't aged well period or it's too it just yeah. felt too, it felt simplistic. That's the easiest, that's the politest way I can say it. Yeah, I went through the original Lunar on Sega CD emulator, which I own the game, so uh-huh, uh-huh. doesn't matter if I play on emulator or not. Um, yep. I uh, played that last year, I believe uh-huh. it was, and I still enjoy it. Um, and that's about the time I realized that you know, looking back on it, playing it now, it is a fairly simple game. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing I didn't the other big thing I didn't like about the remake was uh, the spells are different. I think they actually reduced the number of spells you get. Um, oh, wow. So that completely eliminated certain strategy that was in the first game or on the Sega CD version, I should say. Um, because Man. it's like, all right, when I get to this point of the game, I need to be level 11 because I have to have this spell. It's mm-hmm. the ranged fire spell. So I can hit the guy, you know, that's across the water. And they just... It, yeah, they just completely changed wow. up the spell list for characters and stuff, and 
Um, I think there's something fight related. I don't even remember anymore that I didn't like that they changed. Um, pretty much every single way, the original Sega City is better. I just I just want to say that this two things. One, dude, I totally fucking respect you. I totally see what you're saying, and I I am 100 down with that. I am. I am the same way about certain games where, like, okay, I've got the original game, I liked it or I loved it, and the remake comes out, and you would think being, like, a generation or two later, and being that it is a remake, it would be better, but it sucks. You yeah. don't like it. I, I'm going to have to do my own homework and try to pull some examples up. I wish I could think some on the top of my head, but uh, mm-hmm. a random one that comes to mind, there was a uh, there was a Final Fantasy VI remake for the... Steam, I think it's on Steam store right now. And before I even went to go to the download page, I saw the way that they changed the sprites on the battle screens and the sprites on the screen. I was like, nope, nope, (laughs) not doing it. Don't like it at all. It's obviously, it looks, it doesn't look better. It looks different. Yeah. You You could tell where they pumped money into making these sprites look a certain way. And it just it didn't it doesn't work for me. Second thing, this is blowing my mind because again, I'm I've only played one Lunar and it was Lunar Silver Star Story Complete. And you would think, even back then, even back then in the nineties, with this game being that old, being where it was, this game this was this is a big deal. This thing yeah. had like four fucking discs, 27 discs. I don't remember. It had a fucking map. It was a collector's edition. Uh, there was a soundtrack with it. There was a fucking Lamborghini that came with it. <laughs> it this, this thing was a big package. And you would think that if the company put that much time and effort and love that, oh, that's the definitive edition. And you're yeah. telling me, no. <laughs> oh, right. Man. And apparently there was a PSP remake in 2009 that... I didn't even know about it. 2010 for North America. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I played it. If wow. I did, it was probably like the other remakes and they just ported it over. Um, but one of the things I, <laughs> looking at this one on PSP, uh, it says, you know, what things they changed. Um, it's a new view, uh, isometric view, mm-hmm. uh, a hand-drawn style for characters and backgrounds, which I don't know what that means. I haven't seen it. Uh, a more talkative lead character. Okay, No. No, you do not change something like that. I believe in the original. I want to say he has like two parts where you hear his voice and let it be. Yeah. Like stop. (laughs) And it's appropriate. Like one of them is at the ending, I believe, or it's um, in one of the cinematics near the beginning, or it might be both or the two moments I'm thinking of. That's going to be one of our tangents one day is talking about fucking voice acting in games. <laughs> God, if you have a fucking silent protagonist, I am in the camp. I am. It, I have the largest torch in the camp waving it around. I don't fucking care if you hate me or not. Leave them silent. There are yeah. reasons why they are silent. Tonally, it fits that they're silent. And the times where I've given people the option that said, okay, you gave them a voice. Okay, now you have made a voice to the character. Let me try it out, and let's see if it works. You listen, and you go, nope, does not match. Does not fit that character. If they are silent, leave them silent. If they're near silent, leave them near silent. It's okay. I don't have to have somebody giving me dialogue every five minutes. I don't. 
Yeah. The you, uh, you, you too, Lunar. <laughs> the the game has a bit of comedy in it. Uh, most of I think most of the comedy is at the beginning before things get serious. Um, but I mean, the game involves dragons, and the first one you meet, he has a very oh, hilarious line of dialogue. Yes. Yeah, um, it's a I, bit of a classic. Uh, that oh man yeah this is just it's just something where we're gonna disagree on when that part come up i was like oh man come mm-hmm. on, oh, i actually man. i've actually been debating on doing something like that in my campaign just having some <laughs> line like that with something ridiculous um oh. it would be hilarious it still man. cracks me up to this day um a lot of my reasoning for it to be you know my favorite game of all time has to do with nostalgia I did. This was my first RPG, um, mm-hmm. other than like Fantasy Star Three, which I never played because I talked about in the past. You know, save issues. Yeah, um, I never had that problem with Lunar, um, but I just spent hours. Even with a walkthrough, I had two different walkthroughs. I think uh, Andy had mm-hmm. um, playing through the game. Still spent hours just playing and playing and playing, um, not always progressing, but just enjoying the game as a whole. Um, so it's, yeah, this is interesting. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear this. This, this makes me understand that if I do try to play a Lunar game again, I'll play this one and I'll try to play the, mm-hmm. the Sega CD version. Maybe I'll have a better experience. We'll see. Yeah. I think anyone that had at least an okay experience with the, uh, PlayStation remake should go back and play it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you didn't like the PlayStation version, give it a shot. Yeah. I mean, it's not too hard to find an emulator and test it out. Um, I went on eBay and bought copies of the, you know, first and second game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Any other L's for you? Nope. All right, here we go. Mario Paint. I owned Mario Paint for a good, good portion of my life. I first played it at a friend's house. Uh, funny that at the same time, there were two specific games that I played at this friend's house, Mortal Kombat 2 and Mario Paint. Odd odd couple of games <laughs> to play side by side but mm-hmm. i digress mario paint 1992 what's awesome about this well it's basically a fucking artwork game for the super nintendo uh in the year that they released super scope they also released a fucking mouse pad and a mouse for the super nintendo doesn't seem like a big deal today because they're every fucking where but when you have a home console that that supports a mouse that was so odd to me but very cool the way that they utilized it, specifically with Mario Paint. You had, it was basically fucking Windows Paint for the Super Nintendo. Uh, with a lot of additions, you had stamps that you could use. You There was a music editor in it where you could make, you know, I think it was like minute-long music files using uh, basically stamps as music notes. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting for, for a very basic, but very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, something to come out in 1992. A couple Mega Man games, you know I'm going to talk about those. Yep. Uh, Mega Man 5 for the Nintendo, and then Mega Man 3 for the Game Boy. Uh, Mega Man 3 for the Game Boy, I will totally admit that I only played through one time, and that was during my uh, 25th anniversary uh, month-long run of Mega Man games. Uh, And this is pretty much a running theme for all the Game Boy games. If you think the fucking Nintendo Mega Man games are hard, holy shit. The jump mechanics, the, the hit detection the stagger from being hit, and so on and so forth. These Game Boy games are fucking crucial. 
I think I made it through one, two, three. I think that I think three was the last one that I beat. Just from from time constraint, I had to mm-hmm. go as far as I could in the other Game Boy games. But <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, I only played through it once. It, it, it's difficult. Best I could tell you. Mega Man Five. I uh, bought this from a local uh, gas station as well. <laughs> uh, I loved it. It's it's another Mega Man game. What, what do you want? Uh, remember, cool thing about this one: there was a very interesting boss called Gravity Man, and one of his 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 uh, his trick was that he could control gravity. So he would swap the gravity, and you would be walking on the ceiling. I thought that was very cool. When you got his power, you could do the same thing. You basically you control the gravity in the levels. <laughs> um, I mean, I wish I could give you just ra- just resounding things about. Oh, well, I mean, Beat made his first appearance in this game too. So, I mean, there there is, uh, Beat. There are what is uh, I don't know that one. So there are eight hidden letters that you can collect through the first eight dun- uh, boss areas of Mega Man Five. And they all spell out Mega Man 5, Mega Man V. When you collect all of them, you get a an additional uh, item called Beat. And you call Beat down, he floats above your shoulder everywhere you go. Uh, as soon as the enemy pops on the screen, he zips over there and one-shots it. Pretty much one-shots everything nice. in the game. With the exception of bosses. And, of course, there are some right. tougher enemies that he takes about two hits. But he basically does the work for you. That's cool. He is very crucial in beating some of the Wily stages as well, and definitely crucial in beating a couple of the Wily bosses, specifically Wily himself. Mm-hmm. But uh, great music, great upgraded graphics, all that stuff. It was another good Mega Man game. Uh, it's really, really hard for me to say bad things about Mega Man games. Really hard for me to pick bad ones. So, uh, and I've also got. Another franchise starter, another yep. huge franchise starter, Mortal Kombat for the arcade came out this year. First one ever. Uh, Was man, it only in the arcade that year? Uh, that I don't know. I picked Let's the arcade see. first because I'm, yes. I mean, yeah, it came out on arcade first, so I just put arcade first. Uh, so. I don't know if it took the game getting to home consoles before the controversy started, before it became <laughs> huge, but the controversy was definitely here with this game. This game oh, is, yes. this was, oh man, it's so tame today. Mm-hmm. Look at, there's so many games I could point you to and compare it to Mortal Kombat. People, guys, gals, you don't even know the gory shit that's out there. But when Mortal Kombat came out, it was the fucking talk of the town. This was the oh my god! They're pushing the boundary. They're going, they're going too far. You've got a guy that can light somebody on fire, and it shows their skeleton fall. Mm-hmm. You got another guy that literally rips, takes somebody's head and rips their head <laughs> off along with their spinal column. You got a guy that turns into a dragon and bites somebody in half, etc., etc. This game, you hit somebody and blood flies. Oh my God! You think that fucking twenty buckets of blood fly out over a high punch? You know the mm-hmm. way people talk about it. But Mortal Kombat came out in nineteen ninety two, made a humongous statement about violence in video games, yep. and made a it it made a clear point that look, we are trying to reach a more mature audience. We're trying to show. We're trying to push our envelope, and they did. 
for better or for worse, they did. They are still striving to this day. Mortal Kombat has had several titles down the road. I think they're on their 10th actual like Mortal Kombat installment, but there have been other spin-offs, other other games as well. Uh they've My tied God. up with the DC they've tied up with the DC universe recently and had some really good games. But <laughs> 22. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I man. Will totally admit that the first Mortal Kombat arcade game I ever played was Mortal Kombat 2, long before I played Mortal Kombat 1. Uh, I remember playing Mortal Kombat 1 on the Super Nintendo specifically, uh, which had the, the which everybody hates that for the Super Nintendo because of the green blood shit, and it didn't it didn't bother me. I didn't care. I I as a young kid never got hung up on the whole blood thing. Like none of that really affected me. I didn't. I didn't care that they took it away, and I wasn't. It didn't blow my mind that it was in that. I don't know because I had seen rated Same. R movies before, and I just knew what blood was. I don't know, but yeah, I was yeah. the same way. Yeah, uh, in the world of Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat shows up and says, "Yeah, we're we're t- we're tailoring to a different audience." Mm-hmm. So. And that's all my M's. Uh, yep. I don't have anything else until R, actually. Uh, I'm R as well. The uh, I did have a question. The uh, Ninja Gaiden game. What is this one that was released? Um, it was EU only, apparently. I You know what? I skipped right over that. I didn't even see. And I don't have the page pulled up. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh... What, what what's the title of it? I might be able to tell Ninja you. Ninja Gaiden. That's it. Uh, let me let me. It see was on the Sega Master System in Europe. Uh, Europe is PAL. Europe, Australia, etc. Yeah, and this is the Master System Ninja Gaiden game. I'm I'm not sure. I can definitely tell you I never played it though. Okay. Um. <laughs> no. Sorry, you put me on a spot there, but I don't have an answer for you. I never, never, played, never played that one. That's the answer in and of itself. Yep, never played it. <laughs> that's a that's a tried and true end of time cast uh, game of the year statement right there. <laughs> uh, anything else before you before ours? No. Nah. Even my R is a very short mention. It's not nothing huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ron, my one half hard battle. Oh, this was wow. Yeah, yeah, I did, Chris. Yes, I did. That was one uh, my first one in R. So this is a this was a random game for me out of nowhere. This was when I would go to my grandmother's house. I had a I was fortunate oh, to, right. that she had a couple neighbors that had that had this this game in their library. They had like ten or fifteen Super Nintendo games, and this was one of their games. I don't know why. I don't remember. Anime was not even a thing for me at this mm-hmm. time in my life. But they had this game, and I was like, yeah, it's a fighting game with some odd looking characters. I'll play it. Sure. I played this game for several hours. Was never that great at it, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. And I didn't even know that I was playing a game based off a super popular Japanese anime. Yeah, this uh I was only going to mention this game because it's based off Ronma One Half, and that's my yeah. favorite anime. Yeah. So Apuzine. the uh it was a fighting game, which was okay. Mm-hmm. Um next year there's a th- another game, Ronma One Half, that I'll talk about then. 
But yeah, that is actually my only R. And again, that's just weird coincidence that I ever even played that game for much <laughs> yeah. as for as long as I did. It just somebody had it, and I was fairly interested in how odd and different it was, and I played it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other R I had was actually Road Rash Two. Oh yeah. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure I played this one. Um, I know Road Rash One was one we played a lot. Uh huh. Um, but I think I did actually play two. And even if not, it's another Road Rash game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a fun little game. Yeah. See all our thoughts on Road Rash 1. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, you, you can't go wrong. and It's pretty much the same thing. You're mm-hmm. on a motorcycle and you beat the shit out of people to win and run from the cops. Um, I'm pretty sure I played the RoboCop 3 game. Was that on Sega? I think. It may have been. I think it was. I think I remember seeing it on Super Nintendo. Let's or, see. Yeah, this one was on Sega at one point. So I think yeah. that's where I played it. Yeah. Um, it's, don't waste your time. But <laughs> yeah. it, it was okay for the time. But it's not a game you want to go back and play. Yeah. All right, audience. I hope you've got another two hours because we're about to roll into the S's. And oh, shit. <laughs> Just kidding. It ain't going to be that long. Yeah. Uh, Right off the bat, we'll talk about SMT, Shin Megami Tensei. Don't worry, folks. I will not be talking about this for long at all because I've never played a single SMT. I yeah. only put this on the list to show people that the if you're fan, if you're a fan of Persona 5, like we talked about three or four episodes ago, mm-hmm. ad nauseum, this is in that same universe, if I'm not mistaken. It's in the same, yeah, it's supposed to be in the same universe. And this is where that shit started. 1992, Shin Megami Tensei. It was a multi-plat game, uh, several consoles it came out on. So if you want to know where the SMT series started, here it is, 1992. Yep. However, another game I could talk about for a while Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> uh, Chris and I did an episode a little while back, uh, Top Sega Genesis Games, and this was my favorite Sega Genesis game. And this came out in 1982. I love this game. I love what it did. I love the upgrade that it that it came to be. Uh, definitely, definitely nostalgia glasses with this game. Have no problem admitting that because there are several other Sonic games that are better. Oh, God, there are several that are worse, too. <laughs> Uh, introducing a second character, uh, Tails, introducing a uh, two-player co-op, awesome. Mm-hmm. Introducing the racing thing, which was, eh, whatever. Uh, yeah, I've just, this, for whatever reason, this just has a, just has a fucking warm, cozy spot in my heart. And I've always loved this one. And it came out 1992, the second entry into the Sonic franchise. I say that I don't know about Sega Game Gear games. I haven't I haven't checked in those. Yeah. But I, <laughs> as far as Sega Genesis goes, second entry into it. Yeah. Um, before you move on past Sonic, I want to step uh-huh. back up the alphabet real quick to uh, okay. Sewer Shark. Okay. Okay. Now I don't have a lot to say about this game because much like Echo, I apparently wasn't smart enough to get very far. Um, I own this game. I'm pretty sure I still have it. And it's a, 
the wiki describes it as a rail shooter video game, but I remember there being some sort of point and click aspect to it. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that's where I got hung up. It's like, oh, you got to find, you know, it's like mist, you know, oh, I've got to find this random thing I have to click on for whatever reason. I'm never going to figure that out. Um, I believe that's what happened um, with it. Cause I don't hmm. remember, I don't remember the sure a- shooter aspect of it at all. I just remember being stuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, next for me, this is, <laughs> again, this is completely out of nowhere. My mother actually asked me about this, uh, around about the time she heard me talking, to, she heard that I had a podcast. Uh, and I was talking about old Nintendo games. She actually remembers this game because it was one of the seven, eight games that came with my first Nintendo. Bear with me, folks. I played and owned Stanley, The Search for Dr. Livingston. Um, okay. The, ex- ex- exactly. What That's that? about all I can say <laughs> for it. It's just, okay. So I'm looking at this library of Nintendo games that I got from this fucking pawn shop, and then this is in there, and I'm like, I don't know why. What the fuck is this? Like, who picked this for me? Why would th- why was this game even made? It's uh, s- sort of side-scrolly uh, adventure-ish. You're 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 I don't even remember what the gameplay was like. I want to say you would whip or attack like snakes and shit, like wildlife. The jumping was very off. The exploration, like you you had to find clues to get items to move in the world or move past obstacles in the world. Yeah. Uh I, I like that on the wiki for this, one of the screenshots, or I should say the screenshot that's on the page. The caption is, Stanley tries to fight a cheetah with his bare hands. Yep. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, I really, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grill my mom one day and ask her, okay, did you go pick out these games for me or were they just automatically bundled? Because mm-hmm. if she picked them out, I have it in my head that she saw the Dr. Livingston and went, oh, I know what Dr. Livingston is, so I'll get that for him. <laughs> This was such a... I actually played this quite a lot when I was a kid. Again, because it was one of the early games that I ever owned. And I was like, this is this game is not good. This game is so <laughs> whatever. Why the fuck would this ever be a game? Yeah. Yeah. So I just... That's the shout out that you get from me, Stanley. I owned you. You were a thing. You've been long gone from my life. Uh, next up is not one game, but three games, mm-hmm. all in the arcade, and all bring the beginning of the fucking Street Fighter powerhouse that it is. 1992, you got Street Fighter 2 The World Warrior, Street Fighter 2 Turbo Hyper Fighting, Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition. All of these came out in this year all yep. for the arcade, all North American release. Holy shit. Now, I'm sure, audience, you're, you're, you're wondering, okay, so, Michael, did you, did you do your homework, and did, can you lay out the differences? And, Fuck, no, I can't. No, I didn't. <laughs> I could have. I could have. I think I remember one of them. It might have been Championship Edition. 
the big thing about that one was that all four of the bosses, Vega, Balrog, Zangief, and uh, Bison, were all playable. I think that was the first game that lets you do that. They were they had their own words too, like they were the World Warrior, uh, uh, the the champions or something, World Champions something. In any event, uh, I don't know the differences in all three of these. I don't know why there were three different Street Fighter Two cabinets brought out in the same year. The reason why I put this here is because one, three Street Fighter Two games were released in one yeah. year, and second, this was just more fuel for the Street Fighter. Uh, powerhouse this yeah. is just street fighter just showing you that they are here and they are fucking dominating i wonder how much of it was a reaction to mortal kombat 2 or yeah. more combat sorry not 2 <laughs> yeah um, that that's how we stamp out other games we just release more of our own yeah so <laughs> turbo was a faster playing speed hence the uh, name and new moves yeah and some character balance changes Mm-hmm. Um, champion edition was the one where the, uh, grandmasters were playable. Grandmasters. The there you go. Yeah. Um, and I think the world warrior was just, that's just it. That's, that's just it. Fighter that's II. just street fighter yeah. two. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there you go. There's street fighter two showing up and just, just slamming <laughs> away, slamming away. Uh, super adventure Island. This was the oh. this was Hudson Hudson Adventure Island making its debut on the Super Nintendo. Again, uh, right. most most of the same gameplay that you know mm-hmm. from the NES. Same here, with the exception that this game doesn't have the dinosaurs anymore. You don't you don't get to ride that. You do get to ride skateboards, and I forget what else. There's a couple other things you get to ride, but um. It's basically the first uh, Adventure Island, but with a 16-bit flair. It's got the upgraded music, upgraded graphics, uh, same bosses, and blah, blah, blah. This is kind of a running theme that, uh, I'm sorry, you'll kind of hear a lot from me when it comes to these Sega Genesis upgrades, uh, specifically the Super Nintendo upgrades. It's the same game, but you have a generational leap in everything. Generational leap in graphics. And mm-hmm. and music and sprite design and all that. So, um, yeah, um, Streets of Rage two. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked a little bit about Streets of Rage before, and I still, you know, after going back and playing, say three was the best one of them. Um, but this was Streets of Rage two, which was not terrible. It had a few uh, mechanics changes that were <laughs> much needed, um, and it was definitely a step up from the first game. Say a uh, side-scrolling beat 'em up. Yep. For those that aren't aware. <laughs> also, for those that aren't aware that have never even heard of this before, another fran again franchises kicked off this year big time. Super Mario Kart <laughs> came out this year, nineteen ninety two. You only have to look at the the every Nintendo console. You got a Mario Kart or two or seven. I mean, they, they've, they've been around and they have stuck around. Now, some interesting things about the uh, Mario Kart that came out this year, 1992, is that there were some changes over the years that you don't see anymore. I want to say that maybe some other titles came along and, and brought some of these back, but uh, 
I I don't know I don't know facts. I, we'll, we'll do a Mario Kart episode. Who knows? Uh, one of the big ones was that. So when you're playing Super Mario Kart, there are coins scattered all throughout the boards as you're racing. The coins are not just there for points. They're not there for scores. They're not just there for a score. The more coins you collect, the faster you go. Mm-hmm. So collecting coins is intrinsically tied to your racing speed in that game. And that's awesome. You don't. I don't really see that in Mario Kart these days. Latest uh, one has it. But yeah. 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 I'm glad. I'm glad they brought something like that back. It's a, it's a something they they missed for a long time. Uh, you kind of sort of get Mario Kart from this game, but again, kind of like Kirby, this this game has evolved, and it's yeah. almost not even the same as it used to be. You do have running across item blocks and, and using uh, multiple types of items. That's still there, but I don't... Now, this is biased, completely biased, because I didn't really play Mario Kart with friends. I didn't mm-hmm. have that family or friend uh, dynamic to Mario Kart, again, the 92 version. But I don't remember Mario Kart, the 92 version, being the fucking almost Monopoly-esque rage-inducing game that Mario Karts have become. They are the, I'm in last place, 40 seconds later, I'm in first place. They're in the, they're the, I am in first place. I just got ass raped. I'm in seventh place now. Holy fuck. Uh, they've, they've, they're notorious for, for that. And I, I never got that playing the, uh, NES, the SNES Super Mario Kart. But this is where it started. This, this huge, super popular Nintendo franchise started right here in 1992 with Super Mario Kart. Another Super Mario game came out this year. This also has a place in my heart because it was one of the first Game Boy games I ever owned. Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. This is definitely a gem of a Game Boy game. I think as far as Game Boy games goes, it has stood the test of time. Most Mario games are known for doing that. They're they're almost all timeless. Almost. Um, remember getting the, the power up in this game was pretty cool. You can get a, uh, carrot that gave you rabbit wings that let you float. <laughs> that was a cool dynamic. You had a level, you had a, I think it was a world actually where you were inside a toy Lego version of Mario. It had interesting, uh, boss designs, interesting level designs. I lo- I remember the music. There are several Game Boy, uh, uh, Super Mario Land Two, Six Golden Coins music themes. I can hum them right now because I remember them. They were awesome. Uh, I also had this when I had that the uh, Handy Boy thing. So having that, mm-hmm. you know, that fucking stereo speaker system was pretty cool. Yeah, I just remember this game being very good. Uh, and again, if you go from Super Mario Land One to this one, two totally different games. The 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 character design completely different the theme and tone of the game is different the level layout the way you progress is very different so i've always loved this game i've always had it's always had a place in my heart and again i think to this day you could play this game boy game if you take it for the game boy game it is it it holds up it's a mario game and it's very good i don't think i've ever played it yeah Um, it's it's worth it it looks like it's on the uh, 3DS Virtual Console, so maybe I'll try it one day. And I think that's all the S's. Yep. Running, we're running to the end. I mean, we're in the T's now. 
What teas you got, Chris? So I have, so there are actually four games that came out around this, um, but I only know about one of them. Uh-huh. Uh, the games are Tiny Toon Adventures. Oh, um, yes. There's four of them that were released this year, but the one I played and care about um, is Tiny Toon, Ad- Tiny Toon Adventures Babs's Big Break. Okay. Um, this is a Game Boy game, which... It's a fun little game, except for the fact that it's incredibly difficult. Oh, wow. Like, oh my God, I I don't know how far, I can't remember how far I got in the game, but I never mm-hmm. beat it, that's for sure. I didn't, to be fair, I didn't beat most Game Boy games I had. Um, <laughs> I was a child playing them, and I typically didn't care all that much about beating them anyway, but... yeah. I got to certain points where I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, or in this case, it's a uh platforming game mm-hmm. and the I'm trying to recall there's something like the enemies will throw like pineapples or one of the players can or player characters can throw pineapples too or something like that. But the enemies can throw things and they bounce around the level. So you're oh, trying wow. to navigate a level while avoiding these bouncing things and man, just as a child I could not I could not navigate that very well. Um, what I remember of it, it was fun. Like I said, it was just very hard. Um, yeah. And again, I don't think anybody should hold that against you. I don't hold it against anybody for damn sure. Game Boy games are known for being difficult. I don't know if it's because the limitations made it that way. Because, I mean, NES games in general were difficult. They were designed to be that way. And, I mean, even that, that's a whole different conversation of how, why the fuck did the coin-guzzling yeah. mentality come to the console? There are no coins. Stupid. All right. But, uh, I, I, want, I just read something that I have to mention. So, okay. on the wiki, it says that the uh, Japanese version of the game defers in that it offers a password feature and unlimited continues. <laughs> the North American version, you had two continues. You were born in the wrong country, Chris. Apparently. <laughs> Jerks. But yeah, it's completely understandable, <laughs> man. And again, for whatever reason, a lot of Game Boy games were just... consider yeah. Again, like I brought up with Mega Man. Mega Man games were difficult. A lot of them had difficulty spikes. I'll give you that. The Game Boy games, I don't know what... like They were just fucking... They were nightmare fuel. So... Whatever Game Boy games we've grown, we've grown past you. <laughs> um, I've got a Tiny Toons one. I have another game, but okay. I'll go ahead and talk about Tiny Toons as well. Tiny Toon Adventures Buster Busts Loose. Uh, I unfortunately have only played through the second level of this game, and that was probably back in like 2006 or seven. I played this way late in my life. I remember seeing ads for this all the time in like Game Pro and EGM. I think GamePro did a like a player's guide version of the game. It was at a Nintendo Power one or two, but I remember the the gimmick of this game being that the level design was very speedy as such. So mm-hmm. he would have like a dash meter, and you could go across the screen like super fast. It would let you climb up walls and go around, and you were you were trying to manage your speed level. So I thought it was pretty cool. I really need to go back and give that it's just due. It's it's got. It's got great graphics. So I remember that. I remember, just remember the ad for this game and being like, I need to play that game, but I, I just never <laughs> had it as a kid. 
a game that I also didn't have, but borrowed from a friend, and if not, I could play in the arcade, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 4, Turtles in Time. Yep. Fun four-player fucking co-op game right here. Uh, the the idea of playing your favorite fucking turtles in a side-scrolling beat-em-up fashion, multiple foot soldiers coming on the screen, you gotta kick ass, pick up pizza for health, you could fall down fucking uh, manholes and have fun little animations, you could step on uh, a rock or a fucking something and he'd go, ah, my toe, my toe. Remember throwing enemies like at the screen with that Mode 7 shit? That was pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, the fact that they took so many assets from the actual Turtles cartoon and brought them into mm-hmm. that game and paid them just due, and paid them respects, like it. Very good arcade beat 'em up game. Definitely worth a mention. Uh, there's another one of those coming in just a minute as well. I don't have anything else until the W's though. What about you? Uh, don't think so. Nope. All right, W. Uh, just want to mention another franchise starter arguably a a smaller one i'll give you that but uh this is where wave race started uh the first wave (laughs) race game uh, yeah again i didn't know this until i it should have given it away the fact that it had a 64 title on it but the first rave race game i ever heard of was rave race 64 right and usually when you saw blank 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 whatever 64 that meant that this is a this is something that's already there and we're just it's 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 got a 64 flavor uh i thought wave race 64 was the first wave race no mm-hmm. this shit started on the game boy in 1992 uh <laughs> now arguably and understandably sorry it's a better way to say it th- this franchise is not huge mm-hmm. it's definitely had some sequels over the years but 1992, you have Wave Race for the Game Boy. You didn't see the next game until the Nintendo 64 with Rave Race 64. So, I just figured I'd point it out. It was it was interesting to me to find out that this shit started on the Game Boy. I thought, well, okay, well then maybe there's a Wave Race in Super Nintendo game I've never heard of. Nope, Game Boy game. Yeah, and there was um, one after that on the GameCube. Yep. Um, and apparently there might be one on the Switch. Yeah, they're supposedly bringing it back. And again, small, small franchise, but kind of like, I I equate it to kind of like Pilot Wings. Mm -hmm. Like, you know that this comes from Nintendo, but it's just not a huge one, you know? Yeah. Another great arcade game came out this year. Another great uh, co-op, side-scrolling, beat-em-up arcade game. This one supported six characters. X-Men. That's all it was titled. There's no subtitles, no exclamation points, no anything. It's just X-Men, and it's the arcade game, and you could pick from, uh, I th- was it six players, or was it there were six X-Men you could pick from? I think there was just six. Ex- let, let us know in the comments. We want to hear from emails. You know, I actually think I did play this. Yeah. Because I was trying uh, to remember. I know I've played a couple different X-Men games in the past, and I think this one in the arcade I played. Mm-hmm. Welcome to die. I think it was a well-known is a well-known Magneto quote. But anyway, yeah, you I mean you you pick some of your X Men characters and it's side scrolling and it's beat 'em up and it's co op and it's fun. It came out in nineteen ninety two. I've only got one game left, Chris. I don't know if you have any more. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> why are you laughing? I don't know why you laughing, man. It's because like it's like all right, all these games in the S's, and then it's like. 
Nothing. <laughs> yep. So the last game, this is a very unfortunate game that I have played. And yes, I will admit I played for several hours. I made it. I don't know what level number it was, but I made it to the musical instrument, the music, musical instrument theme level. Play this game because this was again when I'm borrowing every game somebody had. This mm-hmm. was one of the games he had. I had played Zool for the Super Nintendo. Side scrolling platforming. This is very akin to oh, uh Bubsy style, like where the fuck did this come from? Who's heard of this? What is this? Uh I mean, it is what it is. I played it because it was the bottom of the barrel, and I did play it for a while. Again, I didn't I didn't actually know how bad it was, and I kind of didn't care. I w- I'm telling you, people just don't understand. I was such a fucking video game junkie mm-hmm. in these years of my life. It could be a bad game, but I would play it because either one, I didn't have anything else to play, or two, I didn't care. I just wanted to play video games. I'm looking at you, Stanley, the search for Dr. fucking Livingston. Jesus. You know, I, I played you, these. What? I, I thought you were actually going to say Yoshi's Cookie. Um, you know, I did play a Yoshi's Cookie. Uh, but see, I thought, I think the only, I think the one that I remember was just Yoshi. I don't think I played Yoshi's Cookie. I think I only played Yoshi. I think I actually brought that up in one of our previous. Uh, okay. Yeah, I remember games. you talking about a game similar before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think I ever actually played Yoshi's. Cookie. Okay. But yeah, there you go, Zool. You get a shout out too, just because <laughs> I did dump hours into you and I did play you for a while. I mean, it's pretty nondescript platforming and there's nothing great about it. It's, I mean, it's not horrible either. It's just, oh man, I could have been doing so much better. So much better. Yeah. You know, one that might be worth just throwing out there at least uh, Wolfenstein 3D. Yeah. Yeah. That was. I, go ahead. I think, I think at this point, didn't we already mention a Wolfenstein before? Yeah, I think so, but this was the yeah. 3D one. <laughs> yeah, for when you want to put your 3D glasses on. Yeah. <laughs> that was bad. Yep. Um, But there you go, folks. That's our year in review for 1992. Uh, some fucking definite, definite fucking franchise starters in here. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, man, that's, I've got, I'm looking at like 15... 15 20 ish games on this list and that still took us a while man we're gonna have woo, we're gonna have so much to talk about when these years when these years hit us in the nah, face and this will be a i think this will be the first of the interesting or maybe not uh game of the years too yeah it will it will but i guess that's gonna do it for this episode of the end of time podcast what games of 1992 did you play what ones did you like what what things did you want to talk about or bring up that we didn't mention for the games that that we did bring up uh what what things do we miss there might have been there may have been games in there we never even heard of like i said kickmaster random out of nowhere fucking game but hey <laughs> when i played it i loved it maybe you have some hidden gems like that let us know uh, what are your thoughts on uh D and D stuff or the MCU? Try to keep your uh Infinity War spoilers to a minimum if you can. Even the, yes, even this late in the game, as of this recording in the in pretty much the middle of May, um, uh, What games are you working on? What games are you playing? What things are you doing? What is what is it like in your video game life? We'd love to hear feedback. We'd love to hear 
your discussions about anything you want to talk about, anything we talked about in this episode, another episode, some a burning question you have, a rant, a rave, whatever, let us know. You can find us on Facebook. All you got to do is search for in the, in the Timecast on Facebook. That may be how you found this episode right here. You can send us an email at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny spelling or numbers in there. Just spell it as you heard it. Take you right to our inbox. We still have a Twitter page. We also update. You can tweet at us. However you want to send us some personal feedback, we'd love to hear from you. And we have a, man, kind of looking forward to the next episode. We got a pretty good <laughs> tangent uh, topic going on next episode. Yep. I'm going to try my best to do some more homework. I got to say, you're you're probably the better of us two right now because you've uh, you've been involved in this shit a lot in these past couple weeks. Yeah, and I will. I will do my best to give my to give my minimal input <laughs> on right. the next on the next interesting topic. And yeah, I guess that'll do it for the night. Until next time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>